morning. I think I fixed the phone. I just need to stick it back together with sellotape. Don't worry. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning now that all of my team has arrived. Let's just say, no names, no pack drill, but Catherine Boyle, you were well late. Oh, I'm so sorry. My phone died in the night. It's a bad day for phones. <laughs> dearie me, dearie me. It is a bad day. If you're having phone trouble, oh wait. Yeah. Coming up this morning, we'll be hearing about the trouble local papers are finding themselves in. What exactly is going on with the hospital in Welland Garden City? And uh, what can't you give up? A list of the 50 things people can't give up uh, has been published today. Smoking is at the top of it. What things can't you give up? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a phone call 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, listen, uh, despite what some people on the internet may think, I'm a huge fan of local papers. I love reading local papers. My wife laughs at me for reading them. I genuinely think they are brilliant. Some of the bigger ones, and I really like the tiny ones as well. 31 million people read local newspapers every week. But have they really got a future in today's digital age? The BBC has this week learnt that half of the staff at publisher Johnston's Press, uh, the local papers, are currently facing redundancy, with the company facing falling advertising revenue and crippling well, out Milton Keynes reporter Craig Lewis has uh, been looking into this. Craig, which papers does this affect? Well, first of all, Liam, what I really need to say is I've got a little bit of a personal interest in this story. Up until about uh, four months ago when I came to work here at BBC Three Counties Radio, I worked at Milton Keynes Citizen. Yep. That's one of the papers that's affected by these changes, by a voluntary redundancy scheme going through Johnston Press at the moment. And they all fall within a regional press group called Premier, which broadly covers the Beds, Hearts and Bucks area and it's a number of our local papers, papers like the Luton News, the Leighton Buzzard Observer the Bucks Herald which is in Aylesbury the Beds Times and Citizen, as I said the Milton Keynes Citizen, Hemel Gazette and the Buckingham and Windsor Advertiser. Why is Johnson, I think I know the answer to this, I think we can work it out, but tell me why Johnson Press is having to take this action. Well as Press Gazette editor Dominic Ponsford said last year, Johnson Press has become something of what we call a zombie company, which means really it exists just to service its own debts. It's currently more than £300 million in wow. debt. At one point, that total was up to £500 million, and they're being hit by um, interest rates from the banks of up to 10%, so that's a huge debt to have to service yeah, as yeah. a company. On top of that, as with all the newspaper companies in this country, and, and indeed across the world, really, they, there's a lot of falling ad revenue. The crash hasn't helped. They bought up a tonne of newspapers across Scotland and Ireland during the boom years. Those papers aren't making any money at all, and uh, to make it even worse to compound things, they can't sell them either. Uh, on top of that, there's a problem with the internet. As we mentioned, the digital age, everybody can put something up on Facebook, on Twitter, straight away, yeah. immediate publishing. They're not helped uh, in some ways by ourselves here at the BBC. Uh, a lot of criticism this week from Theresa May, uh, one person to, to criticise the BBC local websites, for basically taking food off the table of local newspapers. Uh, what happens there is if, if somebody can get the, uh, the news for free on, say, the BBC local website, why bother to go out and buy a local newspaper? Mm. That's, that's the argument. Despite all that, the, the debt has fallen in recent times, down from £351 million last year to around about £300 million mark now. The problem with that is the only way Johnston Press seems to be able to do this is by slashing jobs. Mm. In, um, in 2012, 1,300 jobs were lost across the whole of the country. That's um, uh, Johnston Press, obviously a big national uh, Organisation, but many of those jobs I know were lost locally as well. And this voluntary redundancy scheme launched last September is the latest stage of that procedure. 
Now, I've spoken to a lot of people on the, on, on the papers there. JP won't say exactly how many people are going to go, but what I've been told is that up to 50% of the staff could be on their way, uh, could be taking up voluntary redundancy. Um, there's about 40-odd journalists in this area, so that could mean that about 20 people are going to be going and, and, well, basically cutting the number of journalists producing mm. news for our local newspapers in half. We both read local papers. I wonder, and I'll put this out to the listener, if, if, when was the last time you read a local newspaper? 08459 455 555. How important is local press, Craig? Well, I think it's hugely important, and it's, it's much the same thing as we have here on local radio. We, we're here to try and inform people what's going on every day, to, to educate them, to let them know about events that are coming up, and perhaps more importantly, to try and hold... Um, hold authority to account whether that's the council whether that's the fire authority the police to say what's perhaps going wrong in those organizations and to put it out there so things can be corrected so people know and and also basically as a basic public information service whether that's an event mm. at uh, a cinema a theater and an in memoriam uh, or something like that or, or the latest sports results that and what effect will this have on the papers what, what will we notice as readers well, I think it could have quite a, a huge effect, really, in the, in the quality of the papers, because this becomes, in, in, and this is kind of my personal opinion to a degree now, it becomes a bit of a cycle of decline, mm. because what you get is you get less journalists on the ground, less journalists able to go out and cover those court cases, those council meetings. I know towards the end of my time at The Citizen, it was very hard to get people out to go to court, because we just didn't have enough journalists. Um, now, the, the more... The more you're uh, sitting in an office, the less you're able to go out and find real stories. That reduces the quality of the stories in the paper. You get an element of copy and paste journalism comes into things. Stuff sent in from a council press office, and because you don't have the time, it's simply simply press control C, control V. It goes straight into the mm. paper. It, it propaganda from these organisations rather than holding them into account goes in the paper. And what happens then is is less people are interested in buying that paper because the quality's down. Um, less revenues coming in, so. So JP, still under pressure from, um, from the banks, has to cut more jobs. So mm. it's a vicious circle. Craig Lewis, thank you very much uh, for your time on that. I, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, uh, uh, dear listener. When was the last time you bought uh, a local newspaper? There's me saying I do like local newspapers. I've not bought one for a, uh, maybe a couple of months just because life's been too busy. I'm certainly going to rectify that this week and we'll go out and uh, get some. When was the last time you bought one? Do you think that the local papers have had their day and, you know, with Twitter and the internet and us and all kinds of things that they don't really have a place in society anymore? If that's true, I think that's very, very sad. Morning! See Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The phone is fixed and instead of using that dirty, dirty surgical tape, it's now got wonderful, clean, clear sellotape. Marvellous. Will you miss your local newspapers? 08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past six. Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Should we have a quick look at the front page of the newspapers? Yeah, why, why don't we do that? What with our guests not being there and stuff? Yeah, let's look at the front pages of the newspapers, the Daily Telegraph. Here is, my, here is my girl in pearls, says Prince. Eh? As guest editor of Country Life magazine, it fell to the Prince of Wales to choose a girl in pearls. Oh, for goodness sakes. Have these people got any idea what's going on in the world? And the choice was simple. Uh, it basically, he's chosen uh, a picture of Camilla. Do these people... The, the, the Country Life magazine, girl in pearls. Do you know what's going on in the world, you lot? I like the royal family, but I'm going off them by the moment. 
two tier A and E is one hundred units cut care. Most to deal only with less serious injuries under radical reform of emergency services. Oh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at this. Matt is brilliant. You know Matt, the cartoonist. He is brilliant. He's won an award apparently. <laughs> oh, it really. He says he he draws what we're all thinking. He's drawn um, two uh, uh, scorpions on a beach. Um, and, and he's written some words underneath, which are very, very funny. Coincidentally, well, this is one scorpion talking to the other. I don't know which one's speaking. I don't know if it's relevant. I'm going to assume it, I'm going to call the one at the top, no, the scorpion one, the, the one underneath scorpion two. Let's say that scorpion two is talking to scorpion one. Coincidentally, I've always wanted a tattoo of David Dimbleby on my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Matt, what are you like? How does he How think do of it? How does he think of it? He is brilliant. Matt! Oh, Matt! You do it every single time. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Morning, Ian. How are you? Well, you know, Joe, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all right. I'm kind of, I'm very close, I'm very close to treating myself to uh, a brand new uh, laptop computer. Very close. Ooh. I'm, ve- I'm, I- I'm eyeing one up online and I keep going, I keep thinking, no, 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 let's just wait a little bit, let me make sure I want it, but I'm very close. Well, are you going to get thinking about going for a tablet? Because if you go for a Windows tablet, mate, they can do almost the same now. No, no. no, 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 tablets are silly. Tablets are silly, I'll tell you why, because I want a proper, proper keyboard. Oh yeah, you can buy one. No, I want a computer, I want a computer where I can put DVDs in and burn DVDs and watch DVDs and play games and do computery stuff, not just watch Netflix. Which is, which is all a tablet does. And you can also use it for your radio journalism, because you can type, you can edit, with all your audio <laughs> programs and everything, can't you? So there you go. Well, you're being serious when you say radio journalism. Do you hear that, Catherine? He yeah, thinks I'm a radio... it's funny. No, that no, Matt that's... On the phone? No, that's not Matt. He's, what he's saying is true. Oh, you do that, did he? Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've got a bit of a claim to... Um, oh, not, Matt, not Matt exactly, but my dad does um, cartoons occasionally in, in certain newspapers. What, what's... Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what certain newspapers... He's done, he's had a few published in the sum. Um, D- he doesn't do Stryker, does he? Or George and Lynn? <laughs> does he do George and Lynn? No. I used to like that. Remember that. Are they still going, George and Lynn? Let's turn to the, uh, the, uh, the page. It, at the moment, it's, it's Str- oh, it's Stryker or Hagar the Horrible. That's it. Oh, no George and Lynn. I used to enjoy the, uh, uh, What happened to George and Lynn? Well, I think they finally put some clothes on. <laughs> and realised it wasn't 1977 anymore. Tell us one. Tell us what. One of your dad's cartoons. Oh, I can't remember. This was years ago. He, oh. he, he still does them occasionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's oh. Ken Amos, and you'll see the signature. Oh, we're, we're, we're Googling him. We're Googling him uh, as we speak. Joe, one thing, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, okay? But one thing I want to run past you. Yeah, uh, Tony Robinson, Baldrick, Time Team. Yeah. He's been knighted. He is now Sir Tony Baldrick Robinson. <laughs> Sir Baldrick. What, what do you think about that? I don't think Blackadder's going to be very happy. I think it is the most... Re- Listen, I like Tony Robinson. I think he's a, he seems like a nice enough bloke. But really, he was in a co- comedy 15 years ago, uh, So Was I, and he digs holes in gardens. Uh, so can I if I wanted to. What, how does that get you a knighthood these days? Ian, you did the 11 o'clock show. That, that doesn't deserve a knighthood. Um, <laughs> I, I did watch you, though, and you were very funny. Um, well. Sorry, sorry, Joe, the line seems to be a little bit bad. What did you just say? 
I said, do you wear, um, I did used to watch you in the next yeah. year, 11 o'clock, and the, you the, were a bit naughty. Yeah, the line's broken up, Joe. I'm really sorry. I'm going to <laughs> g- have to go now. I'm unbelievable. Is it dissing me this time of the morning? For goodness, I don't come here to get be insulted. Where do you usually go? Oh, I go to my house. 08459. Thank you, Joe. 08459 455555. We will, I will have a little rant in a minute about uh, Tony Robinson being knighted. I can't think of anybody. Well, I can think of people less deserving than Tony Robinson, but not by much. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We interrupted this song to bring you some early travel news. Mike is on the motorway one. Mike, what have you spotted? Right, um, just ahead of me, um, a lorry and a car have just collided. Oh. Um, M1 southbound, just short of Junction 9. Um, cars in the left-hand lane, lorries on the hard shoulder, but there's a lot of debris. Um, it's obviously down to two lanes, so it's going to build up. Doesn't like any, doesn't look like anybody who's injured, which is good. Well, that, that's that's the good news. And, uh, Mike, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, 08459 555 if you've uh, got any updates like that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What a fabulous morning it is, because my producer, Catherine Boyle, managed to turn up for work today. Hi, morning. Well done. What time, You're welcome. Now, what time do you normally come in? I normally get in for half past four. And today... I what? got a phone call at half past five. Yeah, that was from me, saying, saying one. where are you? Yeah, where, where are you? That's my what phone had died. Phones don't work without batteries, it turns out. Well, what you ha- and the you alarms don't work especially. Your phone hadn't died. You hadn't charged up your charged phone. Charged it a bit, but not sufficiently can i just say you are apologies everyone the third full-time producer we've had on this we don't count kelly betts that that was an accident of of, of birth but uh, she's whispering in. what did you what did you say oi oh, you did didn't you <laughs> um but uh we've had producer laura yeah. and producer tara and i yeah. don't think they've ever turned up late um well do you remember who was the newsreader for that entire time um me do you remember who rang them up when they were late uh me so i think i'm owed one okay to be honest, but and it won't happen again. Mm. Lesson learnt. It's your third week here, and you've third week. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's longer than that, isn't it? Well, all right. It's your fourth week here, and, and I've um, done one. Apologies. Sorry. Apologies. I'm sure that the quality of the program will suffer as a result. Uh, I'd like to say something. With my hand raised. Yes. As I've woken you up as well. So careful. As your producer, hmm? I was never late. Uh, As your BA, she's always story. late. For goodness sakes. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Catherine and I will look at the papers. Sorry. Um, oh, I think you have done one. What's that? So, okay, Catherine and I will look at the papers. If you want to take part, so childish, uh, then give us a call. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. But we're going to have a little, uh, a little smooch to uh, Phyllis Nelson. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not oh. that sorry. Okay. <laughs> Enough of that nonsense. So eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to take part in the paper review, you can do. Catherine Boyle is here. Morning, Catherine. Good morning. What have you found in the papers? I found loads of stuff. Well, you haven't, have you? A spectacular mistake on immigration. Straw finally admits that Labour messed up by letting in one million East Europeans. Guess the paper. Daily Mail. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Power bills to soar for the next seventeen years, and Strictly's Natalie has an epidural for back pain. So you've not all found... those epidurals. Have you ever had one of those? Um, I've had a lumbar puncture. Oh, I. I still remember the squeak as it went in between my spinal yeah. column. It does make a squeak, doesn't it? it you, so you've not found anything in the papers. You're just I literally have. looking at the front pages. Dolly Parton has revealed the secret to a 47-year marriage. Boobs. She's massively loaded. No, he's funny and he <laughs> makes me is. laugh. Dolly, who's married to oh. Carl Dean. Did you know she was married? I didn't Many know she was don't. married, no. Since 1966. So it's important they both have their own lives and a husband who runs a road paving company in Nashville. 
Good for him. Wow. Has never been interested in celebrity. Well, the thing I want, the thing that's got me, it's in a lot of the papers. Uh, page fifteen of the Sun. If you want to read along at home, uh, Black Adair. It doesn't even make, it doesn't even work as a pun. Basically, I don't get this. Tony Robinson seems like a nice bloke. Seems like a decent bloke. He's been knighted. He's Sir Tony Robinson. I think this has got me quite angry. Is I'm, that for services to acting? No, it's for... I don't know what it's for. It's just for, like, doing his hobbies or something. I don't know. It doesn't oh, even say... Oh, being a Labour Party activist. So, I don't get it, right? He was good in Blackadder. That finished in 1989. Time Team? Eh, he's digging holes and looking at old coins. Uh, I like Time Team. Well, that's because you're quite dull. But Tony Robinson, as a sir... As a sir, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. There can't be anybody listening to this. There can't be anybody listening to this who agrees with that and thinks it's a good idea. I do. That doesn't count. Justin Dealey. Morning, Lisa. Are you angry? Uh, I'm not angry. Um, you're furious this morning about this, I'm, aren't I'm, you? I'm genu- I think it's it makes a mockery. Why? Well, because it, it, what's he done? What's he done? Okay. Oh, I've got a cunning idea, <laughs> Your Majesty. I've got a cunning idea. No, cunning plan. Okay. okay, he's made a lot of people very happy with his TV programmes. And secondly, of course... <laughs> I'm glad you added number. that caveat at the end, yes. <laughs> but, but he's written a number of, of history books for oh. children. He's made a big difference, surely. What difference has he made? What di- He's written some history books for children. Oh, for goodness sakes. And, Anyone? of course, you're missing the big thing here. He was the voiceover on Airline, that TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, job yeah. done. Yeah. Tell you who will be Rowan Atkinson because he's only just got recognised hasn't he and he's his boss <laughs> yeah everyone knows that Justin I, 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 was, I was furious this morning yes, and I said were. Justin I'm angry go out and find people who agree with me have you managed to do that it's uh, very early it's very cold but I've done just that so let's job. see if people agree with you or not here we go Tony Robinson Ian Lee's not happy what do you think I think it's great Tony Robinson he's a, he's a legend Baldrick and then archaeology bringing that into the forefront it's great well deserving absolutely Tony Robinson has been knighted. What do you think about that? Hmm? Tony Robinson. What? No. No, he doesn't. He's earned enough money already. So it should be about the real people. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the great characters of the media, isn't he, Tony Robinson? I mean, after all, if you're uh, interested in archaeology and all that, Tony Robinson's programmes are ideal. Because Ian Lee back in the studio thinks it's totally disgusting oh, that, well. that he's got a knighthood. <laughs> well, when you think there's some of these faceless bureaucrats that waste public money who we never hear about, they get knighthoods. And uh, I think somebody who's well-known getting a knighthood is a good thing. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Intercom, man. Um, Ian Lee sent me out early this morning onto the streets. Not too many people about. He's, um, he's not happy that Tony Robinson has been knighted. What do you think? No coming. Sorry. Thank you, Intercom Man. You're welcome. Well, well, I would suggest that Intercom Man possibly has a vested interest in this. It's Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, it might, it might be. <laughs> I, seriously, just, uh, just, I'm furious about this. Mixed views, though, we mixed views. I think a lot of people can, can appreciate his work and, and what he's done. But well, other you... people, other people, in you know, saying they're in that piece, and I do go along with that to a certain degree, it should be about real people. Every yep. single year, you know, the Pride of Britain Awards, for example, some incredible people on there, yet the whole room is full of Z-list celebrities. Who cares? It should be about real people and real achievements. Hey, Justin, if you mm. got the call, does that mean you would turn one down? Absolutely. 
I'd turn one down, of course I would. Yeah, right. You turn down a knighthood? Um, maybe not. There we go. <laughs> Just a li- one more, one more thing. There is a, a thing uh, in the Express today. Mm. The top fifty things that people have, have given up. Uh, it includes or, or, or struggle to give up. Sorry, the top fifty things people it. have struggled to give up. Yeah, I like this. I got it here. Uh, yeah. It includes uh, smoking at number yep. one, picking your nose at number three, dyeing your hair at number thirty-nine. Yeah, I agree with that one. That's not um, something you need to give up. That's maintenance, surely. No, that's like that's shaving your legs or doing no, your armpits. No, no, that's a that's a luxury. It's a bit like smoking. That's uh, a luxury. So you couldn't give up smoking or dyeing your hair? No, I couldn't. I was talking about this at the weekend, actually. Somebody said to me, um, how long have you been, you know, highlighting your hair well, for What, they us? noticed? You said natural. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I said, do you know what? I've been highlighting my hair now for about ten years because uh, my normal hair colour... God, this is such a, a dull conversation. Yep, but um, yep. um, My normal hair colour is, is brown. And that, to me, is just soulless. Don't like it at all. So what thanks. I do, <laughs> yeah, I, thanks, I highlight mate. it three or four times a year. I could not give that up because I think, you know... That makes me a more confident person. I certainly could not wow. give that up. Just couldn't. No. Justin, go and, f- go and find out what people on the street would struggle to give up, please. Absolutely. Uh, so Justin Dealey couldn't give up the Eric Bristow look. What would you struggle to give up? 08459 You've got 30 seconds, Catherine. Do you want to fill it, or should we just... Talking of hair dye, yeah. I'm a bit sad that I'm going to have to start doing mine like properly, not Why? just for fun. Why? Well, I get the odd grey one now, and they so- sort of spring up and they seem to be full length. I've got long hair, and all, ugh, witchy-woo. I don't want to become that person. What's but I also don't don't want to deviate from who I am and I think that I've got a sort of Irish look about me and I like my hair colour so I'm going to change and it's going to be sad for everybody I think you should just go grey just go grey really? yeah no Do it, get a Dickie Davis <laughs> or Kate, Kate Moran you'd probably prefer she looks fabulous yeah go for that well he won't all go in one place though it'll be just the odd one and they stick up right as well why does that happen? yeah I'll wait 459 455 555 if you want to say something to Kath to make her feel better about being old oh People think it's me doing that. It's not. I'm being sabotaged by the team. Goodness sakes, will you stop it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve is in St Albans. Good morning, Steve. Morning, mate. All right. Yeah, I'm fine. What would you like to say, Steve? Um, when Tango Man gets a bit older, will he go for a blue rinse? Tango Man, are you referring to our roving reporter Justin J- Dealey with the uh, the uh, highlighted hair and the orange skin? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think. <laughs> listen, if he keeps putting that stuff on his hair to highlight it, in ten years' time, he won't have any hair. And I don't know if you've seen the uh, Liberace film, but I suspect Justin will go for a big bouffant pompadour wig, just like <laughs> just like uh, Mr. Liberace's. I think it would think suit him. Yeah, he'd look good, wouldn't he, with a candelabra and a little piano? He, he would look very good. <laughs> well, I don't know if we can get him to carry that around every morning, but we can certainly get him a, a sequined jacket to wear. Steve, uh, thank you for your concern about uh, our, our roving reporter, Justin Daly. We're, we're all worried about him. Uh, 08459 I'm worried about Ollie Moores. He just can't stop making good music. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you're driving through Buckinghamshire, the last thing you'd expect to see, or one of the last at least, is uh, road signs full of bullet holes. Well, Matt Sieber, a former Royal Marine, Marine, has spotted these, and he's so concerned about the number of signs damaged by indiscriminate shooting, he started taking photographs, and the pictures are building fast. One of his most recent finds is a sign in Cadmore End. So we sent our reporter, Sophie Solaria, to have a look. I've just arrived in Cadmore End in Buckinghamshire and as I head up the B482 towards Stoken Church, the road 
goes from being a 50 mile per hour limit to a national speed limit. And it is on that national speed limit sign that the shotgun marks appear. Taking a look at the sign and the blasters marked it in two different places, once at the top and then the other near the centre of the sign. The person who's done it couldn't have been that far away from the sign, probably no more than eight to 10 metres away. And they clearly meant business because the sign is completely ruined. I want to know how people in the area feel about this activity taking place in their hometown. Uh, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think it puts fear in the neighbourhood around that people are walking around with guns. Um, they had it on them. Kind of fear for your safety as well, is that you want to just stay indoors or just not come out at all. I mean, this could lead to people shooting in people's windows just to write their name or shooting in brick walls or shooting in people's front gardens or writing their name out on the on the lawn. That, I mean, that's what it can escalate to. It is really frightening that it's real. It's going to make it easier for other people to get access to guns, isn't it? And think it's all right. Because it's a cult then, isn't it? Because the kids will be wanting to get involved in it because it's popular. Yeah, same as writing on walls. Seriously frightening. It's disgusting because I don't like guns anyway. Well, I'm joined now by Matt Sieber, former Royal Marine, who started taking photographs of these. Matt, when did you first spot these signs with the, the bullet holes? Um, good morning, Ian. Uh, firstly, in Northern Ireland, when I was in the military in the 80s, um, a location where you wouldn't be surprised to find this sort of thing, because in those days, of course, yes. it was... North, Northern Ireland in the 1980s is, is a, a completely different world to Buckinghamshire Absolutely. in 2013, isn't it? Which is why I'm so surprised to hear about this. Absolutely. Um, I have to say, this is nothing new. I, I, haven't, I haven't suddenly discovered something that's suddenly starting. Uh, we've had this type of activity ever since we've had firearms. Um, you just wouldn't expect to see it, though, would you, in the UK? You might expect to see it in somewhere like the US where um, we would smugly uh, expect to find it, and indeed you do. Um, but here in the UK, somewhat of a surprise. I, I, I started the project in 2008 when I was working up in, um, in Yorkshire, where I noticed three locations on a single day. And it just got me thinking. And the more I looked, the more I found. And how many have we spot, uh, do we know uh, exist in, in Buckinghamshire? Certainly in Buckinghamshire, there's three sites, one of which has been removed. Um, that's only what I've found, though, Ian. That's not to say that that's the, the, the total in Buckinghamshire. Um, I've limited resources. I, 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 can't, uh, I, I can't be out every day looking for this. So if I, if I were to make a concentrated search, that, yeah. that being anywhere in the country, I'd find a lot more. What, why would someone do this? I don't get it. Um, simply, in my view, to experiment with a firearm. Uh, I'd rather hope that the people perpetrating this have, have got a firearm illegally, um, and thus that limits their uh, their opportunity to, to test fire it. And these are guns, uh, aren't they? They're not um, uh, air rifles. These are actual, proper, real guns. Absolutely. Um, wow. Damage from air weapons, I find, I, I, I find it so often I, I just dismiss it. I only record damage that I find caused by shotguns and firearms. But almost certainly, yeah, all types of firearms. Rifles, handguns, shotguns. Now, I'm assuming you've spoken to the police about this, Matt. What have they said? Uh, depends on which police force. Some police forces have been very proactive. Um, others in the past have been somewhat dismissive. One police force, for instance, suggested it was probably just stones flicked up by lorry tyres. Oh, right. Uh, that's the sort of response I've had in the past. 
Well, we did, we did invite, uh, uh, Matt, we did invite Thames Valley Police to talk to us uh, this morning. They declined, uh, as they also seemingly declined to follow up investigations into the sign in Cadmore End when, when you reported it. Um, actually, the police did follow up with that, uh, and they did inform me they made some house-to-house inquiries, but came to a came to a dead end um you, you can't expect the police to to find a solution to this uh, to be fair um but what i'd rather hope and what i hope in the future and I, and I want to help the authorities is at least be aware it's occurring and make some record of it it may lead to intelligence leading to goodness knows what else matt thanks very much for your time uh, indeed that's uh, matt Sieber. he's a former royal marine if you spotted them he's, he reckons there are at least three sites in buckinghamshire that have got bullet holes and this isn't a, an air rifle a, a bb gun which is still pretty nasty pieces of work anyway but these are actual proper guns with bullets have you spotted these does it worry you oh wait four five nine four double five five double five we've been talking about uh, uh, job losses that will be occurring at various local papers across the three counties uh, we're asking this morning when was the last time you read a local paper jenny on facebook says i get two delivered free why would i go out and buy one i sometimes flick through it and use it to find local tradesmen but all of the news is available on their own websites at my convenience. Juliet, uh, Juliet says, yes, I'd miss it. I'd miss local papers. I read through it and it's very helpful for local goings on. And Joe says, I haven't received a free one through the door in 14 years of living here. I've occasionally bought one. Would I miss it? No. Well, would you miss your local newspapers? Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including significant number of local papers are facing a 50% reduction in staff. Would you miss your local papers? What exactly is going on at the hospital in Welling Garden City? And seriously, Tony Robinson, he's been given a knighthood. Why am I, why is this making me so angry? I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but Baldrick? Sir Baldrick? Really? And on the subject of uh, bullet holes in signs... Steve says, can you please clear this up? Bullet holes or shotgun shot being found on signs? Bullet holes. Next. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. If you want to give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the cards on the table, I'm a big fan of local papers, never worked for them, but I do enjoy reading them. I like to read them. E- even if it's not my local area, I like to read them, because it's like, it's like having a little peek through the curtains, isn't it? It's being a little bit nosy. So I do enjoy them wherever I am. If, I, if I'm staying away for a, a few days in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, I'll go and get a local paper. Have a little look, see what's happening. Uh, well, the BBC has learned that half of the staff at publisher Johnston Press's local papers are currently facing redundancy, with the company facing falling advertising revenue and crippling debt. One of the papers in question is the Milton Keynes Citizen, joined now by Fraser Pearson, who was the launch editor of the paper in 1981. Fraser, does it surprise you to hear about these cuts? Morning, Ian. Um not really. Um, I mean, if you look at what's been going on in local papers, certainly for the last 10, 15 years, if not longer, um, we, we seem to have been heading towards something like this for quite some time. And, and over the years, the number of people employed on local papers, the number, number of specialist reporters, for example, has been diminishing. So I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm saddened. But 
Having said that, nothing stays the same for very long these days, does it? You know, the whole newspaper industry it, it, across the world is, is facing a, a massive shake-up. Uh, do you think local papers can survive this? I think they can survive in some format, but clearly that there's an increasing um, uh, presence on, on, on the web. Um, as, as the actual sort of papers themselves shrink. I mean, you know, you, you can't move without getting news, information and, and content of some sort, you know, from your PC, your tablet, your radio, telly, whatever. Um, and there's perhaps, I don't know, I think perhaps, that, you know, the, the golden generation of people who really cherished local newspapers has gone. And we're far more, you know, we're, we're far more on the move and, and busy and, and, and just used to getting information from other sources. And the other thing I think is quite important is when the local paper used to come out, you know, locally, it was always a bit of a surprise. You know, you didn't know what was in it till you sort of started turning the pages. But now an awful lot of the content, you, you've either seen it online or, it, or it's been talked about on the radio or, you know, the newspapers themselves will, will, will put... A, a, a lot of their um, content on the web before they actually come out with a hard copy version. So I, I see them really developing the websites even more and perhaps, I mean, maybe one day, you know, it, it, it will just be about a series of community websites. Oh, I hope not. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm an old man. I, I, I don't like reading my news online. I like to hold... I like... I like this. I like yeah. to hold a newspaper and to flick through the pages. And by flicking through the pages, I get... To, I look at... Oh, I've, I wouldn't have spotted that on a website. I wouldn't have right. spotted that. Yeah, no, I'm like... Yeah, and and it's, I do exactly the same as you when I'm on holiday as well. I have a little look at, you know, a little sneaky look at what's going on in, in, in the local place I'm staying. Lots of uh, people, uh, Fraser, or several people, have been blaming the BBC for, for local radio and their local news on, on, online. Do you think that's fair? I don't think so, no. I mean, it, it, even, um, I mean, when the Citizen launched back in 81, it was about the time that um, BBC Radio Bedfordshire and um, Chilton Radio launched. And we, we embraced um, the fact that, that we were sort of part of the, the media mix in such an exciting place. We were, I think at the time we were the only paper that would carry their listings because we didn't see them as a threat. We saw them as a, a kind of partner. We were doing different things, ultimately serving the same purpose. But... Uh, as you say, there's nothing quite like sort of leafing through a local paper. It's a completely different experience from listening to the radio. I, uh, I, I, I've, for a long time, have thought that BBC Local Radio and local newspapers should work arm in arm for the community. There, there are some uh, people who work in local newspapers, though, who, who would resist that, and they are staunchly, nope, we are an independent local newspaper, we will not cooperate with anybody. <laughs> that attitude isn't particularly healthy, is it, in this day and age? Well, no, it's not. I mean, I think you can be an independent local paper, not, not that there are many of them left, I hasten to add, but you can remain independent but work with partners. I mean, every other aspect of modern life. I mean, I work in local government now, and, you know, working with other organisations is all part and parcel of mm. our daily life. And, no, I, I think the two um, types of media go together really well. Is part of the problem uh, the content? Because uh, uh, quite often local newspapers, by necessity, they've got big pull-outs about cars and big pull-outs about housing, and then the, the, the back third is, is full of adverts and, and, and escort services and things like that. Now, obviously, they need to do that to generate more of an income, yeah. But do you think that could be putting people off? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I mean, all newspapers, whether they're paid for or, um, or free, and indeed commercial radio and television, rely on advertising revenue. So, and, and uh, you know, I think, I think 
we all know that, that we're, we're bombarded with, with adverts and, you know, product placements in films and what have you every day of our life. If you're not looking to buy a car, then I imagine you just you just pull the motoring yep. section out. I mean, yeah, it does have some editorial in it, and sometimes it's nice to read about a particular car you can't quite afford this week. But um, now I, th- I think, you know, the, the, the local papers in Milton Keynes are, are, have got very good sections in them, and you can pick and choose the bits you read. And Is there a danger, do you think, Fraser, that we'll be leaving local news to citizen journalists? You know, everybody's got access to Twitter now, and, 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 yeah. and they think that they, you know, they can break a story. Well, I mean, it's incredible. You know, every time something major happens in the world, you know, some, normally some terrible disaster, you expect to see a picture of it within seconds. Yeah. And normally you do, uh, you know, even on the BBC website. And, you know, lo and behold, it's credited to somebody on Twitter. So clearly, you know, um, people, you know, n- normal members of the public do have an important part to play in, in generating and spreading news. I think what worries me most of all is that local papers are breeding grounds for, for tomorrow's great journalists. And you don't just be a great journalist by wanting to be a journalist and being quite good at writing. You, you have to learn a lot of stuff. You have to know where you stand regarding the law, for example. You have to know how how things work, how public administration works, and, and you have to you have to get experience in a lot of areas. And, and if people, I, th- I think it's great that it's opened up to so many more people, but it. There are elements of journalism which are very specialised skills. Fraser, it's really nice to talk to you this morning. Thank you very much. That's Fraser Pearson, who was the launch editor of the Milton Keynes Citizen way back in 1981. I don't want to make him feel old, but I was mm, eight years old then. Uh, Fraser, thank you very much indeed. Well, will you miss your local newspapers? They are, I guess, I mean, my wife laughs at me for reading them. Why do you want to know about, you know, what's happening to a lollipop lady? Because I want to know what's happening to a lollipop lady. I love stuff like that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Philip's in wing. Morning, Philip. Morning, morning, Ian. But Philip, will no, you miss I'm, your I'm local thinking... papers? Well, no, not at all. I stopped reading about a year ago when they started bringing out this advert to cover the front pages. Oh, but but, but nationals do that from time to time. But look, if I look at the uh, where is it? The Times, I think it is. No, the uh, the Daily Telegraph. There's a massive. You pull out the front page, and it's an advert for next. I don't read the, that paper. Oh. What it is, Ian, basically, honestly, you look through there, and it's all adverts. You hit it on the head. There's nothing at all that brings my interest at all. The first three or four pages is covered in advert. There's nothing in there anymore. I mean, as you say, there's a pullout for the cars and stuff like that. And it's such a thick newspaper. And to be £300 million in debt, there's something drastically wrong. How do they get in that type of debt? I mean, I run a business, and it it really, I mean, I'd get really scared if I go overdrawn. For them to go £300 million, I think what they need to do is get a couple of members of the public to have a look at the paper and take their view. Philip, thank you very much indeed. So when I said Philip in wing, I actually meant to say Philip on a wing there, judging by the quality of that. Philip, he says he's uh, not happy with the content. Well, what do you think? There are loads of adverts in there, but there need to be. That's kind of how they make their money, isn't it? Uh, Drake on Facebook says, Where would we get the... I'd miss my local newspaper. Where would we get the phone number for massage services or find out which curry house is a banquet night on a Thursday? Sally says, What local paper? We don't get one, so I won't miss it. Well, I think, I think you, you need to go and buy them. That's what you need to do. They're the free ones, but you need to go and buy them. Uh, Stephen St Albans, when I, read a local pa- when I read a local paper, I always look at who's in court to see if I know anyone. And that's part of the fun, is it? Sometimes it'll pop... I like my local newspaper, OK? 
Because you'll open it and go, oh, I was there yesterday. Oh, I know him. You get all of that stuff. Oh, look, look what they're doing three streets away. Mucky, they've got one. Oh, naughty. I thought she looked suspicious. I love stuff like that. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Will you miss your local newspapers? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. 525,600 I can only apologise. Now, this week, as part of the big tour, we're in Welling Garden City, and lots of people there are worried about the hospital. A new hospital is built, being built on the QE2 site, but it means the accident and emergency department will be moved further away to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. Well, here's what some local residents have to say about it. My main concern is emergency. Is there a major accident on the A1M? Is this little cottage hospital we're really going to be having here, little local general, be able to cope with it? Or have they got to go to Stevenage? Or Watford? A major emergency? Early in the morning, someone has a major heart attack. What will happen? They could go to Stevenage. That's 25 minutes rather than five minutes to QE2. The patient's dead. I mean, I normally go to the QE2 because I'm under a rheumatologist, but now I've got to go up to to the Lister. Well, it's all right when you're younger, but most elderly people have got to rely on the public services, haven't they? I think it makes them more vulnerable and more worried. And uh, in in the last years of their life, they don't need that, do they? Well, at present, the more serious accident and emergency cases are switched elsewhere overnight, but some people are confused about where to go for treatment. Barry Cross is the secretary of the Wellin and Hatfield Keep the NHS Public campaign. Good morning, Barry. So what morning. exactly is the problem? Well, the, prob- <laughs> the problem is, I mean, you heard it just now, it won't be a hospital. The new building will not be a hospital. There'll be no hospital beds, no A&E department. It'll be 25% of the present building. And it just will not offer the same services to people as they should expect at the moment. And, and why will that cause problems for people, do you think, Barry? Well, it has already caused problems. I've heard, when I have campaign stores, we've done it for a while, uh, but a lady trapped under a bus outside the QE2 hospital, because of all the changes, the life-saving equipment wasn't there to save our life, and she died. This is precisely what has happened, is happening, and will continue to happen, because services have been taken away from the people who need them where they need them. So what services are still provided at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City? Well, at the moment, you've got an A&E daylight hours only if you're lucky enough to need the services between 8 o'clock in the morning and 8 o'clock at night. You can still access the services. But if you're unfortunate, it's when you have your accident after 8 o'clock at night, then you have to be shunted off to Stevenage. You look at it. When they had an, Im- when they had an infection at the Lister Hospital, they had to shut a ward down reopen a ward that had been closed at the QE2. Once the building's gone, they won't have the luxury to do that, will they? They'll only, they'll only have a pokey little place and they won't have the extra building to be able to do that with. Do you think there's been enough publicity about the future changes? No, because the Trust don't really want people to know. People who don't have to use the services every day or regularly think, oh, well, it's there when I need it. And then, of course, when they do need it, it's not there and the services aren't there. The trust keeps them in the dark about it. So, you, just, just to clarify, you're, you're saying that the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust don't want people to know about this? No, of course they don't. Because we, we will be speaking to Peter Gibson from that organisation in a couple of minutes, and I think he can hear oh, you, okay. so we, 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 I'll put that yeah, point to good. him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, and uh, you've been campaigning about this for years, haven't you, Barry? Just 2006, yeah. So that's six, seven years. You, you haven't got anywhere. 
Is it time to give up? No, I'm not one to give up this side of the grave, basically. So you're going to keep on fighting. Where do you take this next? Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, these local bureaucrats that you're going to be talking to, I know the bloke, I know Nick Carver, I've met him in 2008, they're really carrying out the policy of the government. They're the political paymasters. And this shower is carry on where the last one left, last left, lost. Lot left off, basically. Barry, listen, stay on the line. I'd like to speak to you in a couple of minutes. Just have a listen to what uh, my next guest says. Peter Gibson, head of the public affairs at East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust, joins me now. Good morning, Peter. You heard Barry there uh, saying that, that your trust doesn't want people to know about the changes. You're trying to keep it secret. What's your response to that? Um, I'm flabbergasted. Um, why else will we have taken information out to the public wherever we can? Um, it's actually very important that the public is aware uh, of what we do. We meet with local patient groups. We have information on websites. We try and get information out through the local councils to people. Um, and I am sitting here thinking, I have no idea what Barry is talking but, about. But, but if you're talking to, to patient groups, well, that's fine. That's those patient groups. Uh, that, that's only the people who are patients at the moment. It, it, yeah. Not everyone has access or, or would think of looking at the website, uh, and the local council may not have reached the right people. So there, there, there could be, there are a significant number of people who don't know about the changes, aren't yes, there? Yes, I absolutely agree. Could you be doing more? The major changes are actually happening uh, towards the end of next year, and that's why I understand uh, that my colleagues at the Clinical Commissioning Group, who are actually building the new QE2 hospital, uh, are planning a major campaign next year to, uh, to address some of those... And do we know uh, what that might involve? Yeah, so I, I don't know, no. because they're, they're a separate okay. organisation who are building it, but we will, of course, play our part in making sure that happens. So which uh, services are being switched from Welling Garden City to Stevenage? Well, I'll tell you what... The, well, the, the services that would be remaining at the okay. QE2. That's very important because it's the vast majority of contacts that people with, have with hospitals. So that's outpatient department, uh, all the x-ray uh, scanning, blood tests, antenatal, postnatal, there's a, an urgent assessment zone. There's lots and lots of services which actually are the ones that people use most. However, the, people that, the services that people have the most, if you like, concern about are inpatient and emergency care, including A&E. Now, there will be a local A&E facility which will look after around three-quarters of the people who already use the service. And that and will be at uh, uh, Welling Garden City? And that will be at Welling Garden City. So only those who have uh, need to be admitted to hospital or life-saving surgery or whatever is required will need to go to the lister. Now, a couple of those um, public people mentioned comments about what happens if someone has a heart attack or there is a major um, crash on the A1M, those patients have already gone to the Lister for the last about year to 18 months. Survival rates for heart attacks is up. Mortality rates for emergency surgery significantly down. And that's what we said at the time when we, going back several years ago, and Barry mentioned about meeting up with Nick Carver in 2008, all those years ago we said that by centralising service we would improve the outcome for patients. We accept that of course some people have to travel a bit further, but the reality is they will get their chances of them surviving um, an emergency will be greater. And that's already, the data's already coming through, proving that to be the case. Uh, is it easy for patients to get to the Lister Hospital in public transport from uh, Wellem? It's, it's, it is public transport. It is a bit difficult. There's actually one thing that could make a huge difference. And this is something that maybe Barry might want to think about. There's a bus, a very regular bus, 
every 15 minutes that goes from Hatfield through Welling Garden City up to, up to Stevenage. Every second one carries on to the Lister. If the bus company, and we're trying to lobby, I hope other people will do, just extended that bus the last mile or two, well, then we would have a 15-minute service starting very early in the morning, around 5 or 6 o'clock, carrying on till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Well, that, and that, that would be fantastic if that happened, but that's not up to the public to, to, to sort well, that out. Surely those, not, those are negotiations you should be having with the bus company. And we are, but also we're trying to encourage local politicians, others with an influence, and I would have thought Barry's group is a perfect example, to also put pressure on the bus companies. How are those negotiations going at the moment? Um, well, we've, 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 we've lobbied on, on various occasions uh, through the Hertfordshire Integrated Transport Board and not heard anything back, really. Why don't you, why don't you uh, just at nine o'clock this morning, just give them a phone call? Can, can you do that? Give the, give the, the, the CEO, whoever it is, a phone call? On, we will keep on doing that. But I'm certain I'm saying You'll give them a phone a call this morning? solution that we will continue to lobby for, but we, you know, this is okay. a private bus company, we can't make them do No, that. you can't, but you could do I'm sure if you phone up and say, hello, I'm Peter Gibson, I'm the head of public affairs at Eastern North Hertfordshire NHS Trust, can I speak to your boss, they'll put you through, and then you say, look, can we meet for a coffee and, and sort, sort this out, because it'll be a simple thing that will be beneficial to both sides. Could you give them a call today, Peter? Um, well, me, me give them a call, I don't think I'll get past reception, but let's, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a try. Why don't, why don't you give it a try and let us know how you get on? Yeah. Brilliant, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. It's Peter Gibson, Head of Public Affairs, Eastern North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. He's going to call up the bus company this morning. Uh, he'll, get, he'll get past reception. Mention us, Peter. Mention that we're looking into this as well. He'll get past reception. Good for you, Peter. Well done. Maybe we'll speak to him tomorrow and see uh, how he gets on with his phone call today. Well, let's quickly... Uh, listening to that was... Um, uh, Barry, Barry Cross, Secretary of the Welling Hatfield Keep the NHS Public Campaign. Barry, what did, what did you make of uh, what Peter had to say? Well, it's just as well I was lying down when I heard that, because it would have put me into a hospital. These are the kind of... Uh, he's flabbergasted at me, and I'm flabbergasted at him. A lot of flabbergasting going on this exactly. morning. Well, what do people expect you to do if they need emergency services? Hop on a bus over to the Lister Hospital. Well, I think if it was an emergency, <laughs> the ambulance the ambulance would take you there. This is for patients... Uh, I, I think he was suggesting about the bus route would be for patients uh, where, where it's not an emergency. And, that, and if they can extend... Peter's going to phone the bus company today. If they can extend that bus service, that would make things easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, what is... When is emergency not an emergency? Things can develop very quickly. Well, if you just have an appointment, that's not an emergency, is it? No, no, but I mean, if somebody needs hospital services, if they're an older person, they're infirm, they have to rely on their patient, their relatives to take them over there, you know? Uh, this is this total nonsense. It will not be a hospital. You know, it will, won't be an A&E. He says a local A&E. I've heard Grant Shapps talk about locally. It will not be an A&E facility in any way, shape or form. It might be an urgent care centre. Half an hospital has an A&E, had a, sorry, urgent care centre. It was taken away because people were told you don't know how to use the services properly. So no, I've got no faith in this, this person. Okay. Barry, listen, we have to end it there. I appreciate your time this morning. Barry Cross, Secretary of the Wellin and Hatfield Keep the NHS Public Campaign. And the other voice you heard was Peter Gibson, Head of Public Affairs at East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. We may have made a, a tiny, tiny little sousson of progress there. As Peter has uh, said, he's going to phone up the bus company today to see if he can get a chat with the boss. He'll get, he'll get past reception. Mention us. Mention us, Peter, and that, that might... Well, actually, maybe not. No, do. And that might help things. And maybe we'll speak to him tomorrow or later on in the week to see how he got on. Call 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Will you miss your local newspaper? A lot of the local newspapers uh, are in trouble at the moment. It's, it's Johnston Press, but here's, here's, some of the, here's the papers that are affected. Luton News, Leighton Buzzard Observer, Bucks Herald, Beds Times and Citizen, Milton Keynes Citizen, Hemel Gazette and the Buckingham and Windsor Advertiser. Will you miss your local newspapers? And, Catherine, what, yes, you, what do you... you say, would you miss them? What am I saying? Will you? Well, yeah, will you? It's not a foregone conclusion. Well, it's, we're arguing semantics here. When people are passionate, Catherine, people are in the throes of passion, as I am at the moment. Right. Yes, yeah, so you get language wrong. Would you wrong. miss, please? So you, you get language wrong. Does it, does it matter, really? Yes, it does. So, you're talking about my job, I'd be bothered. Will you miss your job? <laughs> not really. You've got a really interesting twist you want to spin on this, haven't you? Yes, I have. I think for a lot of people, that moment where they have something appear in the paper that concerns them is a moment that they treasure. And if you go through, you know, I've had occasion to go through my grandparents' belongings recently after they died, and they kept clippings. How on earth are you going to capture that? It's not going to work for a Facebook status, is it? All right, so you've made... All right, no, so, so clippings you've kept. Call me now. 08459 Don't do that again. Now, you cheated then. You, well, you cheated because you sold it to me as, oh, we can ask people what clippings they've kept. Yes. Then you brought in your recently deceased grandparents. That's, that's a low blow. I think for many people, that's the moment when they realise that, um, that their p- parents or grandparents have kept these things. People do not keep clippings. They, do, they, they do, they do. All right, let's ask a, a random uh, young person. Kelly Betts. Hiya. What clippings have you kept? Seriously. I personally haven't, but my parents and my nan have. There you go, you see. People don't do it anymore. When you have your own children... When your children appear in the paper... They are my own children. What, what, what do you know? <laughs> when your children appear in the paper, you'll keep them. I'll you keep the them children. You put them in their little achievement book. I'll keep the children, but that's, I'm not sure I'll keep them. You will, you will. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, some texts. I will miss my local papers. You see? She, she, uh, um, Helen will miss her local papers. Not would. Would. She would. She will. If they were to go, they're but, not... If, if hopefully, they, something will happen. If they go, she will miss them. Thank you. Uh, and always buy a local paper wherever I am in the UK. You can't get the same online. Public notices from local council are published in press. It's how I picked up on a plan that would have affected all of us. John says, I met my wife through the personal column in the Herald. I went to see her for a holis- an holistic ma- uh, massage. Is that what I think it is? No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, and Bill says, um, Ian, if the citizen goes, how will we find out who's been hatched, matched or dispatched? Neil's in Stukeley. Morning, Steel. Uh, Neil. Good morning, Ian. Neil, have you kept any clippings? I have got a lot of clippings, oh! actually. I'm going to keep a little tally. So clippings and uh, no clippings, and that's one for the clipping. What clippings have you kept? Um, well, as I was saying to Kelly before, um, I actually that's work me. at the Bucks Herald as a um, full-time freelancer. Oh, hang on a second. That, that, <laughs> you're, you're off. You, that doesn't count on the tally. You're just keeping the stories that you've done. Uh, actually, I've got kept just about all my um, village news columns, which I've done for the past couple of years. Uh, are you sad to hear that, uh, that there are potentially going to be huge job losses in local papers? Uh, yes, I am, because, um, as I say, I work at the Bucks Herald, and um, there's quite a few people in our office, at least two, who've been there over ten years in the editorial team, and um, they're now facing um, facing redundancy. And um, our sub-editor has also been at the paper for a number of years. Again, he's taking redundancy at the end of the month, and it is difficult work coming into an organisation when all the people around you, the sort of senior figures in your team, are um, faced with the prospect of losing their jobs, it makes me, as a, a sort of a young freelancer, an up-and-coming journalist, trying to break into the industry, whether it's wonder whether it's a co- career worth pursuing. Why are local papers so important? Because to some people, Neil, they're considered a little bit of a joke, aren't they? Um, well, I, I think that um, in, in local newspapers. Um, 
Well, the, the, the local element, really. I mean, yeah. at the Bucks Herald, we place a, a huge emphasis on something called neighbourhood news, which is basically columns from all the villages surrounding Ellsbury Vale. And that was how I first got involved with the paper. I did work experience there in um, late 2010. And I started writing the um, Stukeley Village News column. So that was how I got involved. So there's the neighbourhood news aspect. And then there's also um, stories that local newspapers can break that perhaps nationals don't. I mean, I wrote a a story um, a couple of months ago when I interviewed a um, a friend of um, Samantha Lufwaite, the um, the White Widow. And um, that was just a story I happened to to come across them by chance. And uh, I've had contact from various um, sort of national um, journalists, uh, you know, wanting to speak to my source. And... um, they haven't got the resources or they haven't mm. been able to get to Ellsbury to get that story. So I think there are occasions like that when local newspapers can get stories and can get angles that national newspapers can't. Neil, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. That's uh, Neil, who works for the Bucks Herald, who, who is an insider... Uh, insight, if you will uh, pardon that rather mixed-up uh, sentence, into what's going on. Ken's in Sandy. Morning, Ken. Good morning to you, Ian. Will you miss right your local now, paper? To take away the local newspaper would be very sad for Sandy and for the Biggest Wave Chronicle area where it goes out. Tell me why. Because, because first of all, people use the, um, the local newspaper to publicise the charity that they're doing. And the thing is this, is that senior citizens read the newspaper, a lot of them can't use a computer, and that's where they get their information from. And campaigns like the one that we've had in Biggles Wade with the closure of the Biggles Wade Hospital and the um, yeah. Biggles Wade Chronicle backed it, and the good news is it's now open. So for people that have got campaigns, it's an absolutely uh, important part of the community. The local councils, they put things of what they're doing. They don't always do things right. Ken, can I ask you, do you keep clippings? Hmm? Do you keep clippings? Uh... Not really. No, thank you very much. Ken, uh, sorry to move on, I just want to squeeze in Justin Daly. If, uh, <laughs> sorry, but Justin, that sounds rather inappropriate, but uh, I do want to squeeze you in. Uh, we're talking about giving up things. Justin, are you there? Justin? Daly? Oh, he's disappeared. Sort out Justin Daly. Justin Daly's disappeared. Can you find him, please? For goodness sakes. The reason I talk to Justin Daly is uh, partly because I'm contractually obliged to do. That's one of those things. But also, we're talking about giving up this morning. The Daily Express has named 50 things that we can't give up. Uh, the, the list, Justin, includes smoking, mm. swearing, picking your nose. Those are the top three. That's you in a nutshell. Well, no, for me, it would be smoking, coffee, sugar, meat, those... talking to yourself, dyeing <laughs> your hair, salt, and biting the end of pen. <laughs> those, aren't the, those aren't the top three you gave us in the <laughs> office this morning. <laughs> Obviously, we're now on the radio, so it's slightly Number yeah. 23 is cracking knuckles. I do like a good... Oh. I do like Ooh, a good... Why good, would you want to do that? It's oh, revolting. It's, it's, it's satisfying and it annoys my wife. That's good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> Things we can't give up. Shaving. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you see, shaving, it's a necessity, isn't it? So you can't yeah. really put that into the list. Unless you I want a beard ridiculous. or hairy armpits, then yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. You've been speaking to people this morning about this, Justin? Yes, I've been in Dunstable. I've been asking people, um, what's the one thing that they just could not give up? Here's what people have had to say. Peter, here we have the top 50. Out of those 50 things, what's the one thing that you couldn't give up? Number 19, which is iPad. An iPad? Come on. <laughs> Surely you can give up your iPad. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm just glued to it. <laughs> My life revolves around everything I do. It's just business, 
kids, everything is just around the iPad. What about your partner, though? How does she feel about this uh, obsession that you got with your iPad? Uh, she complains a lot. <laughs> if you listen very carefully in the background, I can hear a Christmas song already. Good morning, madam. What's your name? Editha. So, what's the one thing that you just could not give up? Come on. Coffee. Yeah. And how many cups a day? Three. So if I said to you, from tomorrow, you can't have any more coffee, do you think you become really depressed and angry? I think for the first day I would cry. <laughs> Barbara, come on, what couldn't you give up? Swearing. You naughty girl, you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll be able to get into a habit. It's a habit that you get into. I've got another piece here. You're going to go for number one, smoking. How long have you been a smoker for? Since I was 15. I'm 58 now. So you seriously can't give it up, despite everything that you've tried in the past, you just cannot give up smoking? No, that's right. Just can't give it up. Now, Rob, you're looking at this list here, and you think you can give up every single one of them? Apart from sex, probably. I think that's probably the most honest thing to say. Oh. I'm just walking and sorting sometime. Oh, d- oh dear. Really, the, the, the second from last gentleman really brought an unpleasant... Um, as he said, he was just being honest. He was just being. He wasn't I, describing it. He was just being honest. I, I, I'm gonna. Uh, I can't give up giving up sex. Now, hang on a second. Uh, <laughs> lots of modern ones in this uh, uh, list. Number twelve is Facebook. Thirteen is Twitter, and fourteen mm. is Google. Yeah, do you know what? Some people have just become absolutely obsessed. I know you've got this new phone of yours because yep. you've said, you know what? I don't want to be too obsessed with Facebook and Twitter. Yep. So I've got this phone. I can't have the internet. But some people, they are just absolutely obsessed. You see it at weekends. You see couples sitting oh, at a dinner table isn't together, that sad? and they they're looking at their Facebook no. and they're taking photographs of their dinner <laughs> and they're tweeting it. Don't take a photograph, just eat it. They do. <laughs> they do tweet and update their Facebook what status. What is that all about? With each course of the meal. Should, these people should be arrested, seriously. Oh, I, I, this is my prediction, okay? W- within the next five years, uh, uh, smartphone and Twitter and Facebook addiction will be recognised as a mm. proper mental condition. There will be support groups for people who have this addiction. This is going to happen. Catherine. I went on Twitter for, for the first time in ages yesterday. You're back on Twitter. I left it because it got ridiculous. I was always checking it. It's like a Twitter twitch. Give out your, your tweet and it name. again. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's it's Catherine3CR. Is that right? Yeah, you know it is. Isn't it interesting, <laughs> Justin? She went yeah. on Twitter for the first time in, what, six, eight months. Mm-hmm. She turned up late for work today. I, I don't Just know. saying, people I, become too obsessed. It takes over their lives. It certainly does. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak a bit later on. 08459 What would you struggle to give up? Excellent stuff there, Justin. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, by the way, Justin Dilly does a cracking radio show Saturday mornings at nine o'clock, uh, where he plays. Uh, I know I'm saying cracking. It's because I, I kind of have to. Uh, he plays a bit of music and he has a guest. Remind me later on, Justin. We'll find out uh, who your guest is going to be this Saturday morning. Kath's genuinely annoyed now. You better stop, Kelly. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So, lots of newspapers are facing the loss of maybe 50% of their staff. Uh, Would you miss local newspapers if they went i'm a big fan of local papers i do enjoy reading them and also on the uh, little side note do you keep any clippings paul's in milton Keynes. morning paul oh yeah paul what would you like to say yeah um i've I've got two clippings one one's been made into a photograph oh and one i've still got out of the paper and they've both been put in frames and that's from the early 1970s the tumbridge chronicle and what 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 are they pictures of football when we won cups, when oh. we, we so it's not a no. picture of you or your family. Oh no, no. Well, yeah, I'm in them. Oh, where are you playing? 
Yeah, well, no, it's like when we, we won the cup and then um, we beat Shippen 7-3. Oh, sweet. Well, I remember it well. <laughs> so are you in the pic- are you in the photograph? Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Were and you the in- headmaster and everything. And oh, I see, I see school, school football teams. Yeah, yeah. I got that. You didn't mention that. Okay. That, well, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yes, that, that must be a lovely souvenir of the time. And you say yeah. you've, you've had w- one of them framed, have you? Yeah, I've got... No, both of them are framed. And whereabouts do, do they reside? Uh, they're on the... On the uh, well, the, like the... Not a cabinet, like a shelf thing in me lounge. Beautiful. Beautiful. Things like that. Now, I tell you the thing. I was in the local paper when I was eight years old seven years old for learning to play the cello they had a little feature on me and i wish i wish my mum had kept that that clipping it was a lovely yeah, picture I know. you lose all that don't you you do lose all that and i've tried to track that down it was when i was in slough it would have been about 1980 and uh, they came and took some photos of me playing the cello uh, and they interviewed me and uh, it, it appeared in, i guess it was the slough observer it must have been i would love to be able to get that back yeah uh, uh, there used to be a because i the citizen office it moved from central Milton Keynes by Lloyd's Bank and there was an office up there where you could go if you didn't get the citizen delivered you used to be able to go and get it yeah but now I don't know where the blooming office is uh, well listen Paul I appreciate your call thank you very much oh I'd love that from the Slough Observer a little article about me playing the cello that would be nice that would I've be- got one of me win- winning a biscuit competition <laughs> when I was at school <laughs> What's a biscuit competition? We did a Christmas biscuit. It was like a sort of sales and marketing exercise. Oh, so you had some... Okay, right. And we made Nobby's nibbles. Oh, dear goodness. Go away, for goodness sakes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you're driving through Buckinghamshire, the last thing you'd expect to see are road signs full of bullet holes. But Matt Sieber, a former Royal Marine, is so concerned about the number of signs damaged by indiscriminate shooting, he started taking photographs. Well, Richard Law is Secretary of the Shooters' Rights Association and author of the book Does the Trigger Pull the Finger? Morning, Richard. Morning, sir. This kind of behaviour isn't acceptable, is it? Surely it illustrates why we need to have stricter controls of guns. Uh, it's certainly not acceptable behaviour, and uh, the, uh, <laughs> the question in my mind is whose guns might be doing the damage. Well, the, gu- the, the, the guns that belong to idiots. Uh, that would I'd agree with, yes. <laughs> the uh, problem from my side is that only about one gun in ten is in the licensing system. Right. So... Uh, I've had a quick look at the uh, Mr. Sieber's photographs, and yes, we're looking at damage caused by rifles and shotguns, typically. Uh, but who would be doing that, and why? Uh, I'm thinking criminal damage. I'm thinking bravado. I'm thinking stupidity. Does this kind of behaviour give, uh, 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 in inverted commas, decent uh, closed inverted commas law-abiding gun owners a bad name? Well, I suppose it could do, because the uh, every gun out there started off legal, and uh, they, they gradually drop out of the system as the system changes. Uh, the, other, the other thing I've, I've just mentioned to you is that uh, road signs are made of aluminium, which uh, corrodes very, very slowly, so it's, the damage could have been there for some years. Right. Still doesn't make it upset- acceptable, though, does it? It, it, it doesn't, but they, they won't repair themselves. I, I, I have a series of photos I took in Corsica, uh, down oh, the West Coast, where nice. signs have been shot. Uh, and 
I've seen the same thing in parts of the US. You'd expect uh, that in the States, though. They're, they're a lawless heathen bunch. Here in Britain, we've, we're a little bit different. Uh, yeah, there are a few Christians in the States on that one. But, um, yes, the, uh, the, 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 they would have a reputation as being more gun-happy than, uh, than in Britain. The, I, I was pondering about the sort of people that, that might shoot a road sign, and I, I, I come back to thinking of people that haven't got another target. You know, they either haven't got a, something legitimate to shoot at or somewhere safe to shoot, so they're on the road. Why do we need guns, Richard? Why don't we just get rid of them? We don't need them. Horrible, nasty things. Let's just get rid of guns. It's, uh, one, way, it's one way of doing things. At the moment, the only guns left that are, that are registered are those that are used for activities like pest control and... Uh, deer stalking, that sort of hunting. Uh, we shoot foxes because the hunts are banned. Uh, we shoot things like pigeons because they eat a third of the food we plant. They shoot horses, don't they? Uh, I'm, I have heard rumours to that effect. Richard, I appreciate your time this morning. It's certainly an emotive subject, and we might get a few calls on this. That's Richard uh, Law, he's secretary of the Shooters' Rights Association. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Jane's in Aylesbury. Big up yourself, Jane. Hello, Ian. Good morning, Jane. What would you like to say? Right, um, firstly that um, you can get that photograph back if you want it. Oh, have you got it? No. Oh. Um, go to your local, local studies library where they do family history. Yeah. They have all the papers going back. But I wouldn't know the exact date. I, I couldn't be bothered to go through five years of Slough Observers to, to find it. Well, it's, it's just an idea. The reason, you... the reason I'm saying this, Jane, let me yeah. be completely honest. The reason I'm saying it on the air is because I'm hoping that some sucker, I mean, so excuse me, some, uh, listener, <laughs> some listener will go, oh, yeah, I've got that, Ian, and I will send it in to you. That, I know it's a long shot, but that's what I'm hoping for. I appreciate your suggestion. And uh, when, uh, when the kids are a bit older, it's something I might look into when I've got a bit of time on my hands. <laughs> do you keep clippings, Jane? Yes, I do. Go on, what have you got? Don't laugh. The Osmonds. I would ne- Oh, I was, I was about to say I would never laugh. Then suddenly I'm, I'm about to laugh. The Osmonds? Yes. Why have you got the Osmonds? Well, I've been doing it since I was 15. Yeah, but why have you got the Osmonds? Because they're fantastic. Really? Yes. Come on. Yeah, really, seriously. Every page... Every paper clipping yes. that they've ever been in, yeah. I have got. Why? Because I just love them. What's and so special about them? They're, they're fantastic people. I've, I've met them and they are so down to earth. They're, they're nothing, um, oh, I'm famous, blah, blah, blah. What, which well, one's your favourite? Is it Meryl? Is one called Meryl? Meryl, yeah. Do you like Meryl? Yeah, I like them all. Oh, actually, here we go. Do you want to sing along, Jane? And <laughs> not with my voice at the moment. Come on! Any way you please. I don't know the words. Go on, Jane. Take it, Jane. Really belt it out, Jane. If I could it's a game that you play, that you play, me away. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Is that enough? 
Yeah, that'll do. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jane, for being such a good sport. You see, this is why this job is so much fun. I've got brilliant listeners like you that are just a really good sport and join in and, and have fun, which is great. Thank you very much for that. We'll be talking more about the local newspapers that look like, well, they could be in quite a bit of trouble. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, four minutes past eight, to be honest, on Wednesday the 13th of November. I'm getting a little cold, a little chesty this morning. I had a terrible night's sleep. Awful night's sleep. I woke up at one o'clock exactly, and the last time I looked at my clock, it was two minutes past two. Oh dear, that's not conducive to feeling good in the morning. Anyway, lots coming up on the show this morning. We'll be talking about local papers. Your local paper is in trouble. Would you miss your local newspapers? What's going on at Welland Garden City Hospital? And what would you struggle to give up? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of uh, local papers, and would you miss them if they went, uh, Karen has uh, emailed us. 3CR at bbc.co.uk. I'm very sad about the local paper. I was the town mayor for Leighton Linslade from 2009 to 2010. I met many community groups and local papers followed what I did. It's about the local community and the amazing people. I don't blame the BBC because Three Counties is a community radio station. I also have a lovely album, I assume she means clippings, uh, thanks to the Leighton Buzzard Observer. I would miss it. Well, there you go. I'm a huge fan of local papers. When I go, if I'm if I'm spending a few days away in some uh, you, you, wherever, and I'm stuck in a hotel for large parts of it while I'm waiting to go and do some work, I'll go and get a local paper, have a little look, see what's going on, see who the local characters are, see what's happening. I, I would miss newspaper, uh, local newspapers terribly, but what can they do to change? What can they do to get more current? If it, hang on, if big national newspapers all around the world are struggling, then. Well, then local papers don't really stand a chance, do they? Do they? 08459 We've decided that some of us would miss them, some of us wouldn't. Let's see if we can come up with, with uh, not necessarily a solution, but some suggestions on what we could do, or what local newspapers could do to make themselves more accessible, more popular. 08459 555. Front page of the newspapers, shall we? Yes, why not? What with a guest not answering their phone, there's nothing else to do. Oh, have I, have I removed the curtain? Did you see behind? I do apologise. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, there's a foie, what a stunner. Uh, it's uh, as guest editor of Country Life magazine, it fell to the Prince of Wales to choose a girl in pearls for the frontispiece. He's chosen his missus. Uh, BBC leaves Titchmarsh to plough new furrows. Oh, Alan Titchmarsh, the television gardener, will be absent from the BBC's Chelsea Flower Show programmes for the first time in, hang on, 30 years? He's been doing it for 30 years? What's... Since I was 10, that can't be right. Probably is. He's He's always been on telly, hasn't he? No, he has not. He was not on telly when I was a boy. Yeah, Pebble Mill. Yeah, but Pebble Mill was only like 10 years, it was 30 years it ago. Was ages ago. Flipping heck. His haircut's not changed an awful lot, but he... I was once on the uh, Alan Titchmar show, this, the afternoon show he has uh, for, uh, for ITV. I was on there twice. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? 
Do you really? Do you, have you met him? No. Okay, then. He seems lovely. He seems like a really he? nice, sort of cuddly type person. Doesn't he? Doesn't he just? I was on there, and it was um, about what was it we talking about? Oh, it was Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. Oh okay. dear, it was, it was that. And they wanted, a, you know, they wanted an alternative comedian to go on and, and defend Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. So this is how out of touch that they looked at me. <laughs> they approached me. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't really support what they did, but I thought that the, the press haranguing them was a bit. Much. I thought it was all it was all a, it was all a mess. No one came out of it looking particularly well. And when I went on, I met Alan. You go on as, as they do it, just in the break. You sit down. This is Alan Titchmarsh, and Alan. I think I was on with Jane Moore, maybe, or um, Kelvin McKenzie. I did one with Kelvin McKenzie, and uh, so Alan Titchmarsh says, "Right, this is uh, Kelvin McKenzie, and he's going to be talking about how bad it is." What? And the audience is full of like sixty, seventy, eighty years. Talking about how bad and how nasty and horrible Jonathan Ross and Russell Brown were. Weren't they, weren't they horrible? Yeah. Ooh. And this is Ian Lee. He's going to be defending their despicable. <gasps> Behavior. This is how we started. This it. is how this is off air. Wow. Ian Lee will be defending their despicable behaviour, and if you want to boo him at any point, feel free to. Right here we go, and we're in. So, oh, it was. And once you realise, once I realised it was kind of a stitch up, and it was going to be pantomime, and I was going to get booed and stuff. Then I went for it a bit more than I would have done. Although there is a shout, we could do that at the beginning of every program and say, "Right, these are the stories we're going to be covering. Yep. We want you to call in and say this is this is terrible. Yeah, oh, we can. Or yeah. this is great. We could do that. All right, we could. We could learn a lesson from Alan. We could do. We could do it this way. So I'm. Uh, uh, this is Catherine Boyle. She's, Hello. She's the nice one, and we're going to be cheering her and supporting her. Yeah, I think newspaper clippings are tiny pieces of paper pride. And we're going to go to Justin Dealey, and Justin Dealey is the bad guy in this piece. So if anybody <laughs> wants to boo him at any point, then you can do. People do anyway, don't they? They do. Do they yes. still boo you in the street, or has that stopped now? Um, no. No, it's still continuing at least two or three times a week. Hey, listen, at least you've not been egged for the last three months. That is very true. I got egged once in St Albans, you know. I went for a nice romantic meal walking down the hill there and I got egged. What? Did, what? Because they knew it was you? No, no, just because it was a random egging. I, I was an always, absolutely though? outraged. Was it free-range duck eggs? I don't know what it was, but it was messy. <laughs> yeah, I once... Can I tell this story on BBC Breakfast Radio? <laughs> um, oh, go on, go on. Um, Come on! I can't tell the story. Oh. I've told it on other. I've told it in other lives. I can't. I can't tell it on this. I oh, can't be a rebel. Come on. Okay. Um, I, okay. I can if I phrase it very carefully, hmm. and I will do. You'll have to fill in the blanks. I used to live uh, in a house in North London. I lived in the attic room. Okay, so I had a slanting roof above my bed uh, with a window. Okay, and I was. Let's just say I was lying in bed uh, uh, reading a book with my girlfriend. And suddenly, I'm lying in bed reading this book with my girlfriend, and my back gets all wet and horrible. Reading aloud, yes. And my back gets all wet. And I put my I thought, oh, what's this? Some ice has fallen off the window. Someone had chucked an egg through my bedroom window whilst I was in bed yeah. reading a book with my girlfriend, and it no. landed on my back. Seriously? <laughs> it was awful. That person should be put into the Olympic Games. That's fabulous. <laughs> what a great aim. And now the thing is, I can't read a book in bed with my girlfriend unless someone's chucking eggs at me. <laughs> now, Justin, Tony Robinson, I think I handled that delicately enough. Yes, I think you did. Very Tony nice. Robinson, he has been knighted. Baldrick, the time team man, he has been knighted. I, I'm furious about this. Just remind us why you're so angry, because to a lot of people, this man is an absolute legend. Why? 
because he's appeared in a fantastic television programme, two TV programmes, a Blackadder Time Team. He's done a lot to uh, promote children reading. This man can do no wrong to many people. Well, but the teachers promote children reading. They mm-hmm. don't get knighted. Uh, Blackadder finished in 1989. Yeah. Get with the programme, Justin. It's a travesty. Seriously, OK. It's a travesty, and it demeans uh, it demeans knighthoods. And if David Beckham gets one in January, I'm moving to Portugal. Well, Ian, um, let's just remind our listeners, I've been out into the streets this morning to see whether uh, people agree with your views on Sir Tony Robinson. Here's what people have had to say. Tony Robinson. Ian Lee's not happy. What do you think? I think it's great. Tony Robinson, he's a, he's a legend. Baldrick... And then archaeology, bringing that into the forefront, it's great. Well-deserving. Absolutely. Tony Robinson has been knighted. What do you think about that? Hmm? Tony Robinson. What? No. No, he doesn't. He's earned enough money already. So it should be about the real people. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the great characters of the media, isn't he, Tony Robinson? I mean, after all, if you're uh, interested in archaeology and all that Tony Robinson's programmes are ideal. Because Ian Lee back in the studio thinks it's totally disgusting that he's got a knighthood. (laughs) Well when you think there's some of these faceless bureaucrats that waste public money who we never hear about, they get knighthoods and uh, I think somebody who's well known getting a knighthood is a good thing. Good morning, Intercom man. Um, Ian Lee sent me out early this morning onto the streets. Not too many people about. He's um, he's not happy that Tony Robinson has been knighted. What do you think? No coming. Sorry. Thank you, Intercom man. You're welcome. Well, he's uh, may, uh, maybe he's in line for a knighthood himself. Well, Intercom man. Let's go. I tell you what. Let's knight mm. people who have who have actually changed the world for better. Yeah. Why do we go? And, why do we go and knight? I don't know. My son's teacher for being brief. <laughs> Seriously, Ian, you're angry. I'm going to get the opinion of one lady here very, very quickly. What's your name, madam? Linda. Tony Robinson has just been knighted. Do you think he deserves to be knighted? I don't really know. I've got no comment on that one. Blackadder, Time Team, you know, the, the voiceover to Airline. The man's a legend, isn't he? Well, he is, yes. Probably he does deserve it. OK, and a final question on local papers. We are talking about that this morning. If you were to lose your local newspaper, be honest, would you miss it at all? Yes, I would miss it, very much. Have you still got any of the uh, old clippings? No, I don't really keep them, but I keep updated with local news on it. Yeah. And I don't buy a daily paper. Oh, you don't? So, no, no national paper, you only buy local? I only have the local papers, yes. Interesting. Thank you very much for okay. your time. So, right. it's a, a yes to Tony Robinson and a yes to uh, local newspapers. More to come on papers from me before nine o'clock. Why don't we just go at night Jeremy Spake? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's. I think it's demeaning. There are so many people, yeah. real heroes. Let's go and night a fireman. Let's go and night a, 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 a nurse. Hmm. There are real people uh, who deserve this. And listen, I'm sure he's a wonderful, wonderful bloke, Tony Robinson. He's an actor. Mm. Actors get paid quite a bit of dosh, and they get enough plaudits as it is. They don't need to be knighted. But Ian, you know the way the world has gone, particularly in the last ten years or so, that there will be so many people who got knighted that have got absolutely incredible stories. But people who, who read newspapers want to see, apparently, celebrities. So that's why he's getting all of the publicity today, because people know him for his TV programmes. When I think you're right in what you're saying that there are so many people out there real people who are not celebrities and we should be talking about them justin thank you very much indeed we'll speak to you later on about uh, local newspapers oh eight four five nine four double five five double five i'm right aren't i it demeans the whole 
thing, and I know that, 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 that Tony Robinson has achieved a little bit more than just being on Time Team and, and dressing up like a tramp in uh, the Black Adder. He's done other stuff. I think he invented... Um, didn't he invent Ribena? I'm not sure if that's, that was him or not. But he's done, he's done other stuff. But still... But still, Sir Tony Robinson. Thank you very much, Alice. Sorry, I, I was I was listening. I, I was also arguing with uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith because you came in the other day with the lurgy, and I'm a little bit chesty today. But clearly, it wasn't the lurgy. Clearly, well, 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 look at me. I mean, my airways. Clear. You went for a spicy Chinese. Yes. Have I got to do that now? Yes. Fantastic. Right, it's 8.17. It is uh, Wednesday, the 13th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Half of the staff at publisher Johnston Press's local papers, which cover many of the local editions across Beds, Hearts and Bucks, are currently facing redundancy. Reports from the Philippines say eight typhoon survivors were crushed to death when a huge crowd of people stormed a warehouse containing rice. In sport... What, what can I smell? Is that the air freshener I've just used? It, yeah. Has it followed me in? Yes, it has. I've just, I've just had to go and spritz the other studio where I shall be broadcasting. It stinks of garlic Kievs. <laughs> God knows what. Someone's been eating garlic in there. It stinks. I've got the police and crime commissioners <laughs> coming in at ten. It stinks. Who does, who does a food programme here that would... That, that, that would... Oh, <laughs> Mr. You Goffer. reckon, you reckon. Well, now you've made my studio stink of cheap air freshener. Well, it's, be- it's better than garlic kievs. Thank you very much indeed. We've, we've come up with a cunning plan to uh, get back on whoever's leaving those stinky chicken kievs <laughs> in there. We've come up with a cunning plan, Jonathan. I'm, tr- I'm trusting you to, sit, to follow it you through. You want me to follow that through? Yes, I do. Listen, this is doing neither our careers any good. No. I know you've got, you've got your door in the Five Live. They, they can, <laughs> you reckon? They can kick your foot out of that door any time. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let them listen to this bit. Now. Now. Uh, always good to see you. Yes. Um, and uh, you've got a, an action-packed show this morning, I would imagine. What's, what's coming up? Well, from 10, can I mention two things today? Sorry um, to take up so much of your You've show. asked me on air, so I have to say yes, but afterwards I'm going to send you a strong email. Okay, just very quickly, 10 o'clock, all the local police and crime oh, commissioners yes. are coming in. I want your calls, your questions. Let's give them a good grilling from 10. Is that for the full hour? Yes. Oh, that'll be fun. I full shall, hour. I shall enjoy listening to that. So, well done. Uh, please tune in for that. It's but a year, isn't it? It is a year. What a year it's been. It is a year since they all were elected. Yep. But have they changed and revolutionised our police forces in Beds, Hearts, Mucks? Your calls and your questions. And if you want to remain anonymous, I had a couple of phone calls yesterday yeah. from, uh, from coppers. Oh. They phoned me upstairs. And they said, look, JBS, keep my name quiet. Yes. But I, I, you need to ask them this question because I can tell you this is going on now. Wonderful. That's brilliant. Any of that? Wonderful. We'll keep you anonymous, but we want your questions. And they can email as well, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To. JBS okay. show at bbc.co.uk. Excellent. But coming up before then, yes. on this morning's big phone-in, did you hear David Blunkett's comments yesterday? Oh, yes. He made this yesterday afternoon. It's in uh, several of today's papers. Um, from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, is it reasonable to ask immigrants to this country to change their culture? David Blunkett has told the BBC that tensions between Roma migrants and British people could escalate to riots unless action is taken to improve integration. The former Home Secretary has warned that Roma people are already causing problems in northern cities by sitting around outside in the evening and dumping litter. Groups of Pakistanis in one town are now going around trying to educate Roma travellers on the British way of life. And Mr Blunkett argues that it's time we made immigrants, like the Romas, change their behaviour 
and adopt the culture of this country that they're choosing to make their home, the UK. Okay. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think it's reasonable to ask immigrants to this country to change their culture and to behave in a more British way? Is that a reasonable request? From nine, your calls, your views, 08459 455 555. And I'd particularly love to hear from anyone that has moved to this country from elsewhere. Yes. Have you changed your culture to be a bit more British? Do you feel as if you have adapted because that's what you do when you move country? Mm. Or do you think when the UK is a country that is made up of so many migrant communities... Everybody here just has a duty to be a bit respectful towards different cultures. Mm. And if people do something that perhaps you might, might not like, well, it's because of their culture. You've just got to accept it. Your call's on the big phone in from nine. It, it's got me thinking, we don't do it when we move abroad. You, you go to, I mean, you go to these um, awful kind of parts of Spain and Greece. When I go to Greece a lot, they're, they're just English places where mm. they serve. When I went to Greece recently, to, to Zakynthos, there is a, 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 a park called Lagana, which is where all the, the, the sort of the horrible English tourists go. And the bars proudly proclaim... Sorry to everyone whose family have moved there. Well, no, Laganaz, you wouldn't move to Laganaz. Awful place. Is it awful? Awful. But the bars proudly proclaim X Factor, shown here. Big Brother, shown here. Yeah. One bar said, big, big sign, we sell Ginsters. Right. Well, uh, really? When you go abroad, you, you go and experience the food and the... I know it's slightly different, it's a holiday thing, but you go there for food and the culture. Uh, so, uh, mm, it's an interesting one. I should be listening. Uh, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if the Spanish were to turn around and say, you know what all you British people in our country, whether you're on holiday or whether you've moved here... Yep. We don't want you acting like English people of an evening. We yep. don't want you all going out and getting absolutely sloshed and then falling all over. You're not allowed to do that yes. because this is Spain and we don't behave like that. We don't get drunk in that way. Yes. Would we then feel the same? And is it acceptable that we are now telling these people that have moved to this country that they shouldn't congregate of an evening because mm. we don't really like it. We don't want to see them doing it. Mm. We don't want to see them dropping litter because it's not the British way. Is it acceptable for us to say that? I want your views all uh, open and above board from nine on the big phone it's sorry you put me off with your finger what's going on with your finger i just saw this finger coming towards no, me. i was going to press the button and then you suddenly said all open and above board from sorry, nine o'clock sorry I just, is that your new slogan no, i just thought, thought what the hell's he doing I'm with getting, the finger i'm getting ready to to get you out of the studio is it reasonable to ask immigrants to this country to change their culture no. All open and above board from <laughs> 9 o'clock. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm looking forward to hearing... Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it's 9 o'clock, but it's 10 o'clock with the PCC. Should be uh, should be very interesting. Now, this week, as part of the big tour, we have been in Welland Garden City. And local people there say they are unhappy about going uh, going plans to move accident and emergency to Stevenage. The A&E department at the QE2 hospital in Welland is still open at the moment, but some residents say they don't know if it's available 24 hours a day and are concerned about public transport issues if they need to visit the Lister Hospital instead. Well, Dr Jeremy Cox chairs the Hertfordshire Local Medical Committee and is a GP in Hitching. Good morning, Doctor. Are these shifts in hospital services something that patients have to come to terms with? Um, the reconfiguration has been going on for quite some time, and I, I think it very much is happening. Um, I think been, there's been a lot of work to look at patient flows and how patients are able to get up and down between Welling Garden City and Stevenage. The health service has had to change. The medical care is changing, uh, the way that patients are looked after 
changing, and it's meant that some services have to be reconfigured. What's the GP perspective on this? Does it, does it matter to doctors w- which hospital is, is where and where you send people? Um, clearly, we want patients to be treated as close to their home as possible, but we also want them to have absolutely the best quality care they can get. And what we've learned over time is that if you have certain massive uh, specialists, you get better quality care. So you do need certain size units. You need bigger hospitals that can for the full range of modern medicine. And sometimes that means that my patients will have to travel further. Uh, well, in Garden City residents say that they're confused about which services are ava- available locally. Is, is that the risk of making these kind of changes? I think when these sorts of things happen, there will clearly be some confusion for a while. I think the uh, the authorities, the CCG, the um, PCT, as it was, are quite hard to involve local residents and then help people to learn where the services are. When you ring uh, 111, uh, for example, you'll be signposted to where the services are available at that time. These cottage-style hospitals, are they the way forward for the NHS? They've been developed in other parts of the country, haven't they? I think having some local services close to people's homes are very important, um, provided you make sure that the right patient is in the right hospital. Jeremy, I appreciate your time this morning. Dr Jeremy Cox there, the chairs the Hertfordshire Local Medical Committee. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to give me uh, a call this morning. Uh, we're talking about... I, it seems to be I'm the only person um, who uh, is upset and outraged, outraged about Tony Robinson becoming knighted. I am I am a little bit. My tongue, my tongue is slightly in my cheek, but it does make me angry. I think it demeans the role of knighthood. When I was a boy, being knighted, being knighted, being Sir Somebody, was just this completely unattainable... The, the thing to look up to. Now, Baldrick's been knighted. Rob's in Luton. Morning, Rob. Hello, Ian. Are, are you as outraged as I am? No, I'm not. Go on, tell me why. <laughs> well, it's not because of his work on Baldrick and Time Team and things like that. He's, a, he's the, um, an ambassador for the Alzheimer's Society, and he right. sort of fights for the sort of a care of people with um, d- dementia. Which is a wonderful position. I know he does a lot for that. Well, that's what, does, I'm, I'm does, sure that's what he's got it for. Does it? Does he? Does that really warrant a knighthood, though? If he was just Joe Bloggs, who was um, ambassador for the Alzheimer's Society, he wouldn't get it. But now he, he's a famous actor who is president of the Alzheimer's Society, so th- it does make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, but it helps the profile of the Alzheimer's Society. It helps sort of fight their cause a bit, doesn't it? And sort of gives them a higher profile. But, but, but you know, loads of celebrities, and I'm not, saying for, I'm not implying that he latches onto this. I know he has a personal history to it, and he does do a lot. But lots of celebrities do latch on to charities and organisations to raise the profile. No, he's got personal experience. But, but even still, though, it, it, people, <coughs> but people, celebrities do put their names to things that help raise the profile yes well that's good isn't it yeah but should they all be knighted oh <laughs> well, anyway perhaps i should fight the cause of um, um david beckham to get you off to portugal <laughs> oh for goodness sakes rob don't look you lost that argument but well done for having a go half-hearted but well done uh it's you, you know you've won an argument someone just oh good uh, it, it, listen tony robson does do a lot for the Alzheimer's society he does have a personal connection uh, other celebrities do things for charity. Sometimes they have a personal connection. Sometimes they don't. Do we knight them? It, 
it just seems uh, it seems a little superfluous and ridiculous. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Right. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Been a bitty show today. And by bitty, I mean we're just lots of small little bits and pieces to talk about. Not in any way a criticism. I think it's nice to do shows like that from time to time. Let's have a quick roundup of some of the things you might want to give me a call about before nine o'clock this morning. So, uh, we've been talking about newspapers. Would you miss your local newspapers? Lots of uh, the local newspapers in beds, hearts, and bucks are in a well, they're in a little bit of trouble, and uh, up to fifty percent of the staff could be on their way out. Would you miss your local newspapers? And as, as a side to that, do you keep any clippings? That's yours, wasn't it, Catherine? Yeah because I think people keep them as a sense of because they have a sense of pride and it would be a shame if people didn't have the opportunity anymore they can take screen grabs and gifts not the same is okay. it come on 08459 555 things you find it difficult to give up there's a survey in one of the newspapers uh, of stuff that's difficult to give up but the thing that's really got my goat where does that phrase come from I don't think it's that, Kelly. It says it's, it's something. We'll, we'll, we'll investigate. We won't. Uh, but the thing that's, uh, that's uh, really got my goat this morning uh, is Tony Robinson being knighted. Okay. Okay. So he's Baldrick. He's Time Team. Good. He's the ambassador for uh, the Alzheimer's Society. Great. Instead of giving the knighthood to him for that, why don't we give the knighthood to people who work hands-on with Alzheimer's people? People with Alzheimer's. Why don't we give it to the awards to people who are literally getting their hands covered in all kinds of muck? Why don't we knight them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Steve's in Redbourne. Morning, Steve. Morning, mate. Steve, what would you like to say? Uh, well, at least he's got it, and not Tony Blair, isn't he? Well, Tony, Tony Blair will, will probably get it at some point. I hope not. He should be on Traders Gate, shouldn't he? Really, for what he's done to this country. Well, well, yes, but but it, it, it brings the whole kind of system into a mockery, doesn't it? Really, Every, it, people like like Tony Robinson and Tony Blair will, will will get it. I mean, Tony Blair's a lord, isn't he? I'm sure he must be a lord by now. Uh, I hope not. Well, I think he probably is. That's the way it works, isn't it? If you're if you're a, a former prime minister, don't you be- become a lord after a few years? I don't think so, do you? I think you, I th- well, I, I, I'm going to say yes, but I, I can't back that up with any facts. Well, this country would be in the real state if he becomes a lord, wouldn't it? Well, I think you do. You go, you go, don't you go and sit in the House of Lords if you've been a Prime Minister? Yeah, and do nothing like he done. Mm. Apart from send men off to war for nothing. Okay, so I can tell you're very upset about uh, the potential of one, Sir Tony, but Tony Robinson, he doesn't deserve it, does he? I don't know. We've all enjoyed him on the telly, haven't we? Yeah, we've all enjoyed David Dickinson on the telly. Don't mean he should be knighted. What, another tango, man? There we go, you see. Uh, Peter's in Wolverton. Good morning, Peter. Uh, good morning, Ian. Peter, what would you like to say? Robinson, definitely a knighthood, because they make the best jam, but the uh, golly issue was a little bit iffy. Peter, thank you very much. <laughs> Indeed. David's in Bedford. David, what would you like to say about this? Anything sensible? Yeah, it's that he has done a lot for the community. What? In the sense of helping with the Alzheimer's. Plus, he does voiceovers. He does. He's done a lot in the society. Hang on a minute. I do voiceovers. I just did one last week. I got paid very, very handsomely for it. I don't deserve a knighthood. Yeah, but voiceovers, like he did the airline programme, which is local. Right. To Bedford. I used to, I used to do the voiceovers for the AA adverts about ten years ago. Do I, do I get a knighthood for that? Yeah, but what else have you done within the community? I, uh, what have I done within the community? I've raised tens of thousands of pounds for multiple sclerosis. Next. 
right. Next. You can't beat me on raising money, but I'm not going to say my figure. Well, well, but the fact that you've already... Uh, it's not a competition, but you you brought it up, you know. Uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that he has done a lot. Well, then let's knight team. Paul. Let's knight you, then. Let's give you a knighthood and take it off Tony Robinson. Why give it... He's had a life of, of privilege and luxury because he's been a very successful actor. And I'm not de- decrying him that. I don't think he sh- he, that should be taken away from him. But you, you've raised lots of money for charity. Then, then let's give you a knighthood. You won't yeah. get it. At best, you'll get an MBE. Yeah. Can I just suggest that you two, in the new year, one of your programmes, sub- getting people that have done things within the communities. We do. Hang on a minute. We, we, we do it all the time. Yeah, but what I mean is a programme like a mock metal-type programme. All right, yeah, that's, that's an idea. And what, what, who, who, who would, uh, what kind of people would you have on? Whatever, anyone who nominates anyone. Oh, it's that simple. No, I've got standards. Or, or whatever you decide you want to do. There we go, you see. Ah, that's, that's the caveat. Catherine, could you put that on the list of things uh, not to look any further into, please? Excellent. Done. Thank you very much indeed. David's in Bedford. Good morning, David. Morning. David, what do you reckon? Tony Robinson being knighted, it's, it makes the whole thing ridiculous, doesn't it? The whole system is not right. Tell me why. I just feel that it... How can they... I'm no disrespects to any of those that have done the Olympics. Yeah. Why should they get medals automatically? Well, because they've won the sports. Oh, you mean like, like gongs and things, like, like yeah. knighthoods and things like that? I see. Okay. Yeah. But if you look at it, they, they don't do it where people have put years and years of into service of things. You're right. Here's, you're right. Here's the thing, right? Uh, uh, Bradley Wiggins. All right. He's got nice sideburns. He's got a fairly decent taste in music and he won the Tour de France. Sir Bradley Wiggins? For riding a bike fast? I used to be able to do that when I was 12. Yeah, I mean, all oh, right, he's the first one to have got the Tour de France. But still... But even so, an OBE, fair enough. Yeah, give him that. I'll give him an OBE. I'm not, I'm not being tight. No, but, but a the, knighthood... Knighthood is a joke. Hey, here we go, here we go. And the other is... Yes? What, what is the title for John Major? Is he Sir John? Is he a Sir? Yes. He is, isn't he? He is now. Yeah. But he didn't take it at the beginning. I don't... They have the option, I think, and take up. Here's one for you. I'm going to mention a name to you. What do you think about this? Sir Andrew Murray. Should he get it? No. Because he can get it... Even though he's a Scot, he's Scotch, he can get it because he's part of the United Kingdom. But if they vote for... I think we should wait until they voted for independence and say, yeah, sorry, Andy, mate. We were going to give you a knighthood, but your kinfolk decided to stick two fingers up at us, so... Bye! And I think a lot depends. No disrespect. Some of them deserve it, but aid is another one. Yes. You you are winning awards, aren't you, for surviving? Yeah. Bruce Forsyth. I mean, really, Sir Bruce Forsyth? It's just because he's not dead yet. That's it. Yeah, but he he's had to wait so long for it. It's tough. So so have I. So is my so, so did my granddad, and he didn't get it. Yeah. So is everyone really? David, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Paul's in Biggleswade. Good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning. Ian. Hang you... on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just standing up because I always like to stand up when I address you, sir. Correct. That's, that's the correct way for it to be. I'm going to remain seated and I'm going to look at you with a, a look of uh, contempt. Thank you. Um, treat me as a surf. Uh, my Tony Robinson story, I, years and years ago, I'm going back about 10, 15 years, maybe a little bit more, um, I, my work used to take me into Addenbrooke's Hospital, into the operating theatres oh. there. Now, years and years ago, BBC d- used to do a programme, I think it was called Hospital Watch or something. You're I remember that, yes, yes, Hospital Watch. Well, Tony Watch. Robinson was a presenter for yep. some of those, and um, 
I was in theatres one day and Tony Robinson was having to do a bit to camera. And uh, you know the little paper hats you have to wear when you're in an operating theatre to keep your hair out of things? Well, um, they wanted him to put on a paper hat, but he had to have the makeup department come and do it for him. What, that, they, the makeup department had to come and put a paper hat on him? Yeah, come, uh, come, uh, they had to come and put a paper oh, hat on him. Oh, these actors. These hey. lovey dovey, and now he wants a knighthood. a knighthood. Imagine when when was the last time he killed a dragon or rescued a princess with long hair? Oh. Never happened, mate. No, no. I mean, sorry, you know, to me, if you get a knighthood, you ought to be able to put your hat on straight yourself, shouldn't you? Yes. Uh, a qualification is you don't give knighthoods to people that can't put paper rats on, for goodness' sake. <laughs> Oh, Paul. I think I think Paul's just made the podcast this week. Paul's just made the podcast. Thank you very much. Paul's call. He's got a good point. You don't give knighthoods to people who can't put paper hats on. You simply don't. 08459 <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It just, it, it, it demeans, that was a nice run, of course. It demeans the whole system, doesn't it, really, to give a night to, to someone like that. And yes, he's done a lot for Alzheimer's. Well done, well done, congratulations. He has raised a lot of awareness uh, uh, around it. But let's night and give the awards to people who are practically hands-on, who are getting, literally, getting their hands dirty in the field of looking after people. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Also talking uh, about uh, local newspapers. They're in trouble. I'm surprised, to be honest, I'm surprised we still have as many local newspapers as we have. Because, uh, uh, you know, big national newspapers, international newspaper companies are struggling. And now the local ones are in trouble. Luton News, Leighton Buzzard Observer, Bucks Herald, Beds Times and Citizen, Milton Keynes Citizen, Hemel Gazette, Buckingham and Windsor Advertiser, to name but a few. Would you miss your local newspapers? When was the last time... You read one. On the subject of Tony Robinson being knighted, it's Maggie and Milton Keynes. I'm sure, Maggie, you're going to agree with me. It's a travesty, isn't it? Yes, it is a travesty. It's disgusting. Now, for instance, I watched Paul O'Grady the other night and Cliff Richard, Sir Cliff Richard. To you, yes. Sir Cliff Richard, to you. Yeah, and there was a chap on there who was blind. Give most of his life up. Raising for charities and Cliff Richards tapping them up. Why give it to all these celebrities? The working class. You get you get men who deserve it. It's, it's just disgusting. I think I really do. Only the other night, Cliff Richard has got a vineyard. You know what I mean? And the, what has he done? Nothing but sing and made millions out of it. But the thing with Cliff Richards. I, I kind of think he deserves his knighthood. Why? Congratulations <laughs> and celebrations. <laughs> I like ice cream, I like toast, I that music. <laughs> We're wired for sound. Filmed in Milton Keynes. Oh, don't you make me laugh. Oh, I'll stop that, Maggie. We'll have none of that. We'll have anyway, no laughter on I've this g- show. I've given my opinion and give it to somebody worthwhile, not people that are making millions, celebrities. Maggie, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Heidi's <laughs> in St Albans. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What would you like to say? I totally agree with you. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
that Tony Robinson is getting a knighthood. Let me put the argument that's been put to me, that he, he does a lot for Alzheimer's, and he does a lot of other charity work, and he raises the profile of Alzheimer's. Does, does that make a difference? Well, so many people work for these charities that are giving their life to them. This is supposed to be an award for years of service to your country, not for being on television. It's just being on television, raising the profile, I don't think is enough. I'm picking up an accent, Heidi. You're from one of the colonies, aren't you? Yes, the big one. The, the big one, OK. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I'm guessing, for when I was a kid growing up, uh, a, a sir being knighted was a huge, huge thing. And I would imagine, and I, I hope this isn't patronising, that, that, that also in America it would be seen as a huge, huge thing to, to be a sir. Exactly. It, it, it garnered respect. It, it showed that you've done something for your country. You know, mate, yes, there are people in the community and they work tirelessly for... Uh, their causes, people who look after disabled children, they deserve it much more than someone who's on television. I mean, is it going to be Sir Mr. Bean next? <laughs> I think he's got a Sir. He's Sir already. Oh, God, is he? Yeah, Mr. Bean's been knighted. Oh, that's just finished my day off. <laughs> Heidi, I'm so sorry. We've ruined Heidi's day. It's not even nine o'clock in the morning. She was a good call. Thank you, Heidi. Do, do call again. Uh, it, it, it does. It is ridiculous, isn't it? You think Mr. Bean and Baldrick have got knighthoods? Let's give it to people who get who have got their hands dirty, who are dealing with these issues every day, and they won't. They won't. Uh, Paul's in letting buzz. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. Paul, what would you like to say? Well, I totally agree with the last two speakers. Yeah. Um, I think there should be a special uh, category or awards for people in the theatre, arts and sports people. Um, most of these people um, really have, have made a fortune at our expense. Um, and uh, 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 there's thousands of ordinary people that dedicate their lives and spare time to helping those less fortunate than mm. themselves they're the people that deserve the awards um not people that are fortunate enough to get in the limelight because of their talent at sport or theater or whatever paul you made your point excellently thank you very much indeed i'm just moving on because uh, i don't want to miss this fella out morning justin hello ian you're right yeah i'm very well thank you before we go we've got to plug your show today so on saturday morning so we'll, we'll remind me to cram that in yes uh, at the end but we're talking about newspapers today local newspapers the company that owns lots of uh, local newspapers in this area well it's 300 get this 300 million pounds in debt mm, very sad it's not sustainable it is very sad and up to 50 percent of their staff could be on their way out um, we've been asking people if they'd miss their local papers. I believe you've been out asking the same thing, have you? Yeah, I mean, I, I for one, w would 100% miss my local newspaper. Funny enough, I've uh, got an old box out of my wardrobe recently because I'm moving house at the moment, and in that box is just reams of newspaper clippings from when I was playing football, uh, particularly when I was about 10 to 15 years old, a number of the scores, some pictures as well, some great memories for me, so I would certainly miss my local newspaper. I have been asking people that question this morning, Here's what they've had to say. I would care. It's nice to know what's going on in the local area. So because we're nosy as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like a yes. little nose, don't we? Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but who doesn't? I mean, for your local news, do you also go online for your local news? Or is it mainly the newspaper that you buy and read? It is mainly the local newspaper that I buy and read. 
um, as opposed to doing it online. I just I like that rustic feel of a newspaper. Yeah, just like me. And uh, just lastly, have you got any old newspaper clippings when you appeared in your local paper? I've appeared a couple of times but never kept the clippings because I'm a bit embarrassed about it. Well, go on, tell us. What was it for? You know they have the little kind of bit where they take your photo and they ask you a question. Mm. It was like a couple of times I featured in that. But like, I've had everyone text me saying, seen you in the paper. <laughs> what was the just, question? Can you remember? I can't even remember now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, why Why do you do this to me? Okay, take my advice, okay? This programme is going to be on the iPlayer for seven days. Go and record it and keep it, unlike your newspaper clippings. Will do. Thank you very much. Take <laughs> Not care. No problem, thank you. Would you miss your local newspaper? No. You almost look confused by the question. What? Why wouldn't you miss your local newspaper? Because it's not really newspapers. At all? No. Do you not care about what's happening in your town? No. How can you not care about what's happening in your town? I don't know, but I don't. Would you miss your local newspaper? The Herald and Post, I would. The other papers, I think they just seem to be full of adverts. Have you got any old clippings where you've appeared in your local paper? I bet you have. I have, but I wouldn't like to tell you how many years ago I was one of the first girl guides at the Old Beneath Centre in Old Bedford Road that got the badge for the deaf and dumb and still got that cut in, but it's many, many years ago. I would say that was 2003. That's wonderful. That's spot on. Uh, yes, I would. Uh, they're very useful. Give a lot of information of the local scene. I say this with the greatest amount of respect. Is it something just for the, the older generation? Do you think? Uh, absolutely not, because the things or articles about for young people, I think it encourages people to read what's going on in the local community. Not really, no. Can you tell us why? So I don't really read it. Do you care about what's happening locally? Yeah, but I mean, it's not something I'd die but I mean, I can always find out stuff online. That's the thing. I, th- I think papers will be a thing of the past, which is a shame, because I, like, I do like holding a newspaper. No, I totally agree. I think two things there popped up for me. That lady who simply couldn't care less about where she lives. There could be an issue there, people not taking pride in their towns anymore. And that lady at the end saying, you know, if I want local news, I don't need to go and buy a newspaper or read a newspaper. I can do that from my computer or my mobile phone. I can access that information online. Now, listen, let's stop talking about this, Justin. We all know that my show is simply a warm-up for the, the, the real reason BBC Three Counties Radio exists. Yeah. Saturday mornings, 6 o'clock, David Priva. Oh, after yes. That, Morning, things, sleepy eyes. After that, things calm down a bit, and you mm. take over at 9, don't yes, you? What's yes. happening on your show this weekend, do you know? Uh, well, 9 until 12 this week, and hopefully going to be catching up with uh, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. Oh, hang yes. on. Hopefully. Whoa. Really? Hopefully. Oh, I love Squeeze. Yes, hopefully. He'll be talking about his favourite musical memories. Yep. And also, uh, the UK and American charts this weekend, I believe, we're going to be looking at those from this weekend in 1967. So three hours of great songs, oh. great memories every Saturday morning from nine. Excellent stuff indeed. Uh, and good news, Justin. Go on. Mr. Bean's only got a CBE. He's not been knighted. Oh, thank goodness for that. There we go. Danny's in Luton. Morning, Danny. Morning, Ian. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Danny, what would you like to say? Uh, yeah, I don't mind that uh, Tony Robinson's got a knighthood, although now you're saying that he's got a CBE. Um, well, no, t- Tony Robinson's got the knighthood. Miss- Mr. Bean has got the CBE. Ah, okay. Um... The thing is, is other people are saying there's lots more deserving people out there. Um, we as the public can nominate anyone. Uh, mm. My uncle was nominated by his employer and got an OBE uh, oh. for 25 years service in the Merchant Navy. So, so how, do you, how do you do it? Do you, do, you, do you just fill in a form and, and send it off? Um, yes, uh, it, I think it's on the, the government website, but you can basically just nominate someone that you think's deserving. You have to write a whole letter about why you think they're deserving, oh. and if they actually pick them above other people, then 
you know, they can be knighted just the same as anyone else. So a commoner or anyone else can be knighted oh or, or get an award. Danny, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We're, we're running out of time. Coming to the end of the show, Catherine Boyle, you, 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 you'll keep. Well, we've we've arranged. I'm going to nominate Kelly, and Kelly's going to. What, what, why? Why? What, 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 first of all, Services to um, broadcasting. Right, you've both turned up late at various points. <laughs> Kelly, you hardly do anything. Hello. And Catherine, you don't do much more. Mm, Sorry, I'm really busy. Yeah, we'll okay. Stop. Now, 08459-455-505 is the phone number. Not to call me, though, to call JVS, who, uh, well, it's going to be an action-packed show. They've got the PCCs coming in at 10 o'clock. That should be fun. Don't forget, you can uh, send me an email if you want, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Uh, and there'll be, where are we now, Wednesday? A new podcast in two days' time. That's exciting, isn't it? Oh, that's it. That's your lot. Thank you to everyone who took part. Can I just say thank you for all the phone calls we're getting? Makes uh, the, the job so much more fun. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow from me at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.